This is why we have the best fans in the world. your weekly One Direction and Harry Styles podcast. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Martha. And I'm Steph. And this is our 126th episode of Talk Direction. And as you guys, I mean, I teased it last week, um, but as you guys can tell, I have two wonderful special guests on the show today, which is very exciting. And I always say this, but I feel like these are always so, like, long, long time coming because no one else sees the behind the scenes of us, like, trying well I not us I mean me trying to like figure out how we can all coordinate and like make sure I'm on top of things and whatever and it's like so nice when we finally get to come together and actually talk after like months of planning so I'm so excited you guys are here and I finally get to talk to you and yeah welcome thank you (laughs) (laughs) um so what am I gonna say um, yeah, so when we were supposed to do this like a while ago, but then that's when I got the chance to go see Louie. That was in December. Was that in December? Oh my god. Yeah, you texted me when I was in the car on the way to uh, Vegas in November, Oh wow. And I was telling my friends, like, I got invited to be on Top Direction. And oh. all my friends were like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, right? Um, yeah, that's so cute. Um, yeah, like... Oh, it's been a long time coming, you guys, so we're all here. How are you guys today? We, we were chatting before, but, like, let's do it so that the listeners can can hear. How are you guys doing? Uh, I'm good. Um, I'm good. It's nice here, so that's good. Yeah, I'm good here. It's snowing, but besides, uh, everything's good. <laughs> everything's good. Um, that's good. Um, so as we do with... Um, uh, all special guests that come on the show. We're going to do a li- sort of like a little get to know you, um, like One Direction style questionnaire, and you guys can both answer. So first, let me ask the question, when did you start um, listening to Talk Direction? And let's go to Martha first, because new voices can be very confusing for people listening, and I'll try to help get them to know who's talking when. So Martha, when did you start first listening to talk direction um I think it was sometime in October of 2015 and um it was about three months after I became a fan and I became a fan because of a podcast so I originally looked for a podcast but I think you guys had just started and Mm -hmm. so it didn't come up whenever I searched for it and I found a different one short-lived One Direction podcast I listened to for a couple months, and then um, I started listening to you guys. So it's been, like, t- over two years. That's crazy. 2015, honestly, sounds, like, so long ago. Like, it just seems so far away. It was such a different time. Like, 2015, man. Yeah, it does. Um, and then, um, Steph, when did you start listening? Um, I think I started listening, I think I started listening around the time that Martha did, also in 2015, but I took a break because I got, I usually listen to podcasts at my desk at work, so I got really busy at work and didn't have time to listen, Yeah. Um, but then things started, yeah, things started to slow down a bit, and I was doing more uh, desk work instead of going to meetings and stuff, so I started listening more regular, I think at the beginning of 2016. Oh, 
wow. Well, you guys have both been here for a really, really long time. That's crazy. And I feel like I know you because we always talk on Twitter. So it's good to yeah. actually <laughs> put like voices uh, to names and personalities yeah. on them. Exactly. Um, all right. So the first 1D question I have uh, is when did you first get into One Direction and why? I guess you guys, or at least Martha sort of answered that, but you can... What you, so you were listening to a podcast that, that was talked about One Direction, Martha? Yeah, so not really. I'm a huge Gilmore Girls fan, and so there's a big uh, Gilmore Girls podcast called Gilmore Guys, and they had a guest on their show um, who, at the time, no one probably knew, but she's pretty big now. It's Darcy Carden. She's um, on The Good Place, which I don't watch, but she's like the lady that's a robot, I guess. Oh, yeah, I watched The Good Place. Oh, such a good okay. show. So she's a huge um, One Direction fan, and around the same time, my husband and I signed up for, like, Apple Music, um, Mm -hmm. and so I could download whatever music I wanted, which to me was, like, a great concept. So um, I was listening to an episode, and she was going on about how good their music was, and I was like, well, I guess I can download the album. So I downloaded four. Mm -hmm. Um, It was, like, in July of 2015. It it was seriously, like, maybe a few days after um, it was announced that Louis was going to have a baby. So. Yeah, it was kind of crazy, like, when I searched for a fan account, because she said she followed all these fan accounts, and I was like, oh, that's an interesting concept. Mm -hmm. So, um, and everything was a bit wild, so. um, (laughs) Yeah, oh my god, 2015 was the year of drama for (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It was an intense (laughs) year. Wow. Yeah, so, and then kind of what sealed the deal is um, I got a friend, Drag Me Down came out, like, a few weeks later, mm-hmm. and I got a friend from work to listen to it, and she, like, fell in love, and I drug her to a concert, and, yeah, the so that's kind of, yeah. Very nice. Um, yeah, man, 2015, I feel like a lot of our listeners got into One Direction in 2015, and, like, I guess also there was so much in the news, like, then, too, because with Zane leaving, and like, the baby's announcements and, like, all that type of stuff and One Direction hiatus announcements. It was, like, pretty intense time to get involved in the one yeah. fandom. Um, and then, Steph, when did you start becoming a fan? Um, my story's kind of weird. Um, I started in 2012, um, and it was because I was a Backstreet Boys fan, mm-hmm. and so I had, like, a Backstreet Boys fan account, and I saw people on Twitter um, getting, like, really annoyed and tweeting about this UK boy band who they thought had, like, stolen... <laughs> um, one of Backstreet Boys' songs, <laughs> um, and I thought that was dumb, so I'm like, I'm just gonna go, like, listen to this song for myself, yeah. um, so it was one thing, they said sounded like I want it that way, um, so I watched the video for one thing, and I was like, oh, these guys are, like, it's cute, it's in London, like, I like British stuff, um, but I kind of, like, didn't stay in it then, um, and then later they released um, Up All Night uh, over here, and I saw it on iTunes, and I was like, oh, this is that boy band. Um, I liked that one song, so on a whim, I downloaded the album, and I kind of fell in love with them, and started watching YouTube videos and interviews, and like, as we all know, that's the rabbit hole, right? Oh, it definitely is. (laughs) Once you look up 1D funny moments on YouTube, (laughs) The people that make the compilations of all those things, like, bless their hearts. Like, I feel like that's how everyone gets sucked in. Yeah, <laughs> that's wonderful. Absolutely. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure I like Googled on YouTube like One Direction performances and I watched like some comp- compilation of like 
all of their X Factor performances on one video for like mm-hmm. an hour and a half. I just mm-hmm. sat and stared at the TV and I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> you know? I know. I wish I could like go back and just watch the entire season of X Factor, but I'm pretty sure that one I haven't found online. I don't know why that one in particular is off. Maybe because it's One Direction. I'm sure I could find it if I, if I like dug in hard enough. But I, I mean, yeah. I, maybe the anticipation isn't as exciting when you know what happens. But like, yeah, still, I've definitely watched all of their X Factor performances, and then I downloaded them all onto my phone too. Like I made them into MP3s and downloaded all of them. So oh yeah, I yeah. had that too because it was like back in 2012. They just had the one album, right? Yeah, like, I to listen to one D all day. Like I have limited amount. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so yeah, and them doing covers is always so nice. Yes. Um, okay, so what is your favorite 1D song? And, uh, Martha, you can start again. Um, my favorite 1D song is You and I, and I really can't tell you why, but I really <laughs> love that song. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I, um, switched on Pop actually did an episode on One Direction, which I discovered as I'm trying to find One Direction podcast, and, mm-hmm. um, they talked about how in the song and it's really uncommon um that they switch keys like between the verses and Mm -hmm. the chorus like it changes keys Mm -hmm. and they said it's very like it catches your ear that way so maybe that's why i have no idea but it is my husband's ringtone on my phone so it does i really love it (laughs) nice i i freaking wish we had like uh the ability to be like oh there's a key change there like versus like me going oh that sounds like a a string instrument of some sort. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm so bad at that type of thing. I'm like, oh, his voice goes higher here. <laughs> I, I, I need like a musical expert who can dissect like the melodies and the minor and major chords. I mean, my sister would be better at that because she like all my siblings play the like piano and my sister plays the sax. But I sadly have no musical ability. Um, but you know. <laughs> Um, yeah, you and I, I feel like, I th- feel like it, I've said things that I didn't like that song that much before on the podcast. I'm There's a lot of people who don't like that song, so that's normal. I just, I think it's one of, I, I also am pretty sure I heard it before I became a fan, and mm-hmm. so when I listened to their albums, I was like, oh, I remember that song, right, and I, yeah. when I first downloaded all their music, like, I listened to it on repeat for, like, mm-hmm. days. I feel like, I swear to God, it just, like, the atmosphere that you're in or, like, whatever moment you have completely affects the way you either like or dislike a song. Like, you know, like, you and I could have been my favorite song, but, like, it had to all happen at the right moment in the perfect way. And, like, I feel like I get so swayed by, like, what's going on in my life. So, yeah, I should go back and re-listen. I haven't listened to, like, a lot of... 1D's music in a while, so. And then, Steph, what's your favorite song? Um, my favorite song is Fireproof, um, and I think nice. that that's, like, totally right about, like, where you were in your life or whatever, mm-hmm. and, like, your, like, memories with the song, because I remember waking up one morning and looking at Twitter and seeing that this thing had dropped and, like, knocking on the bathroom door because my husband was, like, getting ready for work, and I was like, I'm walking to work today, when do you get a new song? I'm going to listen to it on repeat for 40 minutes while I walk, and he's like, oh, okay, bye, what's happening? <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, so and ever since then it's been my favorite oh that's so nice yeah I think I I know Kara quite liked Fireproof I never said I loved it but um yeah I think Kara quite liked and I know that was I feel like a lot of people in the fandom like that too 
So, yeah. Um, how about your favorite 1D memory? Uh, like fandom, something that happened, or going to a concert, or whatever it is. Um, so my friend that I got to listen to One Direction, she's who goes with me. So, like, we will go anywhere to see them because St. Louis doesn't always get the best concert. So, um, I wanted to see them and I kind of figured out, like, that, um, On the Road Again was going to be their last tour. And I was like, I want to see them or I'm not going to be able to. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. they had a concert in Chicago and I was like, begged her to go with me. So, my husband's terrible to go to concerts with and he wasn't going to let me drive to Chicago by myself so I begged her to go with me I was like I'll pay for your ticket I just want I just need someone to ride with me in the car and so um we we like drove there and back in the day like we drove after the concert and that's when she fell in love with them like she was like this is the best thing ever but it was really funny (laughs) the first thing we saw when we got out of the car I mean we're both in our 30s so um, there's a girl with a sign that said Harry punched me in the face and we were like what is that <laughs> what is this like I had no idea what we were getting into so um, yeah that's yeah. pretty intense yeah, going to a yeah. concert like as your first experience like into the fandom I could imagine we'd be really intense it was a lot Man. of fun like we just had a blast but it was it was a good time like no and no one in my life knew I did this like my husband knew I went and like a couple people at work who we talked to about it but like a year later, I posted pictures from the concert on my Facebook, and my family was like, wait, did we know you did this? And I was like, oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> so. That's so funny. Um, and then, Steph, how about you? What's your favorite memory? Um, so it's kind of similar, actually. It's also at a concert um, that I dragged a friend of mine to. Um, so they did, for Ultra, they did a whole bunch of tour dates in Canada, where I live. Um, And I was super pumped about that, and I wanted to encourage more people coming to Canada. So I was like, I'm going to go to as many Canadian dates as I possibly can. Nice. Um, And so one of my friends, my best friend who was from uh, Backstreet Boys fandom, she uh, lives in Calgary. And she's like, well, if you fly to Calgary, we can drive to Edmonton together, um, and I can be your chaperone. So we drove, and she's like, okay, you might as well, like, play the set list as we drive to Edmonton so I at least know some of their songs. And I had tacked on fireproof at the end because I was bitter it wasn't on the set list and I was like, you know, we won't hear this one, but it's my favorite song and they're not going to sing it. But then, at Edmonton, um, that was the first time they ever performed Fireproof live. And I, like, lost my mind. Like, I screamed. And Julia just looked at me. And then she sighed. And um, she started filming the song because she was taking all the pictures. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. Uh, That was awesome. (laughs) That's so exciting. I know it's so sad when, like, your your favorite artist doesn't play a song that you love. But that's so great that it got to be a surprise because I bet that made it even better. Uh, I will never, I will never ever forget that moment. Like it was the best. <laughs> oh, that's so exciting. Um, okay, how about talking about the boys going solo? How have you felt about the whole like hiatus? Where do you stand with? Do you think One D's coming back? And like, do you like the boys going solo, or do you wish they would get back together? And Martha, you can start again. Um, that's like a really hard question. I when I was, I mean, I became a fan. The concert I went to in Chicago was the day they announced the hiatus. So, like, I remember sitting in the stadium. I pulled up my phone, and I leaned over to my friend. I was like, don't say anything out loud because I don't want to, like, freak anybody out, but read this. And But mm-hmm. I, I mean, that was, like, a month after I became a fan, and 
people at that point, as soon as Bluey and the baby thing was announced, like, that's all anybody would talk about. So I came into it all along. Like, I fell in love with Harry. I thought he was amazing. His voice was awesome. His stage presence was, like, something I hadn't experienced in a long time. So all I wanted was solo Harry. But that being Mm -hmm. said, I really do miss, like, them singing together. I'm a sucker for harmony. So I really, like enjoy the fact that they can like sing live and it's really good um you don't always Mm -hmm. see that um especially with groups like sometimes there's only one or two good singers and the rest are kind of just there um so I don't know I really enjoyed all of them I I never paid attention to Louie ever until he went solo um Mm -hmm. interesting yeah I'm Zane was gone by the time I listened but I do like his solo album as well um, the mm-hmm. only one, Liam's just a little, I, I expected a whole different thing from Liam, so what, he's what kind of on his own. Um, I thought he sounded more get? like, like JT, um, which mm, I don't, I think yeah. that's kind of like what he's trying to go for, but it's not, it's, that's not what's yeah. happening. So, um, I'm a yeah. huge JT fan. So from the beginning, I was like, I'll probably like his music the best. Cause I kind of thought that's like the genre he liked. But yeah. I haven't really, I, yeah. yeah, I don't enjoy much of what he's had out. So hopefully mm-hmm. that changes when he releases a yeah. whole album. <clears throat> I know. I really want to find some songs I really love. But, like, I'm just finding, like, it's been, a, like, as time goes on, you know, the less I pay attention to Liam's sort of stuff, the less I know. And then the less you, I mean, I feel like this is bad because I run a 1D podcast, but, like, the less you like, are invested in their life, you know, like, because I'm not listening to all Liam's interviews or paying that much attention to what he's doing, then, like, I don't really know as much and I'm less invested, um, which, like, I guess, like, for me, like, Harry is my favorite and he never puts out content, but I'm still always invested in the little things he does, so maybe that's not a great argument, but still, uh, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, it's um, just, um, I don't know, it doesn't feel, I don't know, something doesn't feel authentic about it, and I think maybe that's, that's my problem. Yeah. Like, maybe I would like it better if I felt like that was really, um, what he was, but I don't feel like it, I don't mm-hmm. know, I don't know him at all, so I can't really judge, but it just doesn't feel yeah. very authentic. Mm-hmm. So whose who's music is your favorite? Is it Harry's or Nile's? Yeah, or? I love Harry's album, which is weird because that's not really the type of music I listen to. But, like, listening to that album as a whole, like, I love listening to it from, from beginning to end. In fact, I put it mm-hmm. on the other day because I hadn't listened to it in a long time. Nile Vibe was, like, out of this world. Like, one of the best shows I've ever been to. Um, yeah. My favorite, yeah, I well, I think that's that's later on but like my favorite solo song is a louis song so that's just oh really what's your favorite song i'm obsessed with back to you and maybe it's because i heard it first when i was in scotland but i love that mm-hmm. song uh, seriously louis has given so many amazing songs i cannot wait for his album i'm so excited right? for it like he really just banger after banger they're always so good and and like what you were saying about the authenticity like Liam's maybe doesn't feel that way Louis to me feel just like so authentic like it feels like he's really just wanting to make it so real to him which I really really like yeah I totally agree yeah that, I agree so 
So, Steph, what about you? What are your thoughts on the hiatus and the boys going solo? And who who are you most invested in these days? Um, so, with the hiatus, like, when that article came out, I mean, I was a fan since, like, 2012. Um, so, I was used to seeing them all together. And also, like, coming from Backstreet Boys fandom, I was spoiled with them, right? Like, they didn't split up from, like, 1993 to now. Like, they still go. So, I was like, One Direction are definitely going to do the Backstreet Boys thing. Like, they're never, ever going to split up. Like... I was right. very naive in that thought, um, <laughs> but then they did. Um, <laughs> um, I, so, I don't know, I was like, when that hiatus happened, I was quite upset, and then, like, nobody did anything for the whole year, um, and I just kind of thought, like, there wasn't really going to be any solo stuff. I thought maybe, like, Harry would drop an album, but, like, that they would still come back together. Like, I thought by now that they would have been back together um but as each of them have put out solo stuff like i find i'm really enjoying it and we get so much content now like i feel like for a while it was like every week we were getting a new song from somebody yeah so it was fun literally yeah. i know the podcast we couldn't keep up with it all we were like oh we haven't discussed liam's new song because niles had an album out like <laughs> Like, I had, so I was keeping a spreadsheet of, like, every, like, appearance and every interview that every boy was doing, and I found, I I couldn't even maintain the spreadsheet, because there was so much, let alone watch everything. Yeah, that's, that's what I was saying about Liam's, like, there's just, he, there's, like, a lot of stuff, and I don't end up watching it, because, like, it's so hard to keep track of it all. Although now I feel like there's been, like, a lull over, like, December, January, February. It's like, we need someone to come back and, like, drop a song or something. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's coming, probably. Yeah, hopefully one of them. I guess Liam or Louie would drop something new soon, I hope, anyway. Yeah, and I know Zane's been gearing up with all his Zoems or whatever. (laughs) The Zoems. The (laughs) Zoems. Yeah, I feel like I need to do an episode where I like dissect some of them and talk about that. That would be amazing. I really haven't <laughs> looked at them after the first one. I can't believe he's calling them Zoem, so I can't really like. I just <laughs> no, can't. I just like them and then don't really read them. I know. Although, like, I want to, but like, it's a lot to read. Like, when you're scrolling through Instagram, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, um, I guess for your question on, like, whose solo music I'm enjoying the most, like, Niall was my favorite since the beginning, um, and his music is the kind that I, like, I just, I like indie, slower-driven type stuff, um, so that's, like, kind of works for me, but I also really enjoy, uh, Louie and Harry's music, like, Harry's album is awesome, I, like, I love Kiwi, I love Only Angels, so, like, that arena rock type stuff he did is really fun. Yeah, I know. Uh, Harry, I cannot wait for him to put out more stuff. And the sad thing is it's not happening for a while. I know. (laughs) It's just, like, crazy to think, like, this first album was just, like, his first album, you know? And we're going to have, hopefully, many more albums to come. But I was also thinking, like, the fact that Harry dropped his, like, almost a year ago, and Louie and Liam still haven't dropped their album, like, Harry was on top of it. Like, he knew what he was doing. He's like, okay, I'm going to get this all done, pump out an album. I'm so happy that he got it done so quickly. Because I remember back in the day, Kara and I being like, oh, I think it'll be Liam that'll drop his album first. Yeah. But then Harry, like, surprised all of us and just got his album out there, which was really nice. Um, Okay, I feel like that is all my questions. Um, And I wanted to say that 
Um, I'm going to have these two lovely people on for our talk direction down low as well, which is on our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash talk direction. And they're going to be talking about being like an older One Direction fan, if you will. Um, I know, I know Martha has been wanting to talk about this, right? Yeah. Well, that's so crazy. I found that tweet like from last year, but I went back Mm -hmm. and listened to the episode and you like had a like an email written by an older fan and she was like asking if you guys had ever done an episode about it and I just commented like I thought it would be a cool idea it is um I do think it's interesting that they draw such an older uh fan group um they're Mm -hmm. not just like your typical I mean there's a lot of fans that are their age but there's also a lot of older fans and um you don't always see that with boy bands so I think that's interesting that they've done that yeah so we're going to talk about that on talk direction down low so if you want to check that out um, it'll be on patreon.com slash talk direction and you can listen to that. Um, but now we're going to go into the Nile concert recap. So I haven't seen Nile live, but both of you saw him live, right? I want to hear about how that was. Yeah, we actually saw them. To- we saw him together. Um, yes. in Was- awesome. Yeah, in Washington, D.C. And it was, I know Steph saw him a- another time, but um, it was so much like, that's an experience. Like, it was so much fun. <laughs> like, I um, I was just going to go by myself. I wanted to see him. My husband and I have been talking about going to D.C. for a while. So I was like, well, I'll just go to a concert and he can go to a bar. Because, like I said earlier, he's a terrible concert partner. I'd rather go by myself. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, but then um, Steph said she was talking about going as well. So um, we ended up meeting up and going together. And um, we... And then actually another, someone else randomly found me on Twitter and was like, hey, I see you're going to see Nile in DC. Like I'm going by myself. And um, we met up with her and we've like all three of us have become pretty good friends. So um, the three of us saw him together and it was, it was a, I don't know. It, it was a great experience. I've never experienced a concert like that in a venue that small where you can like, like they're like, you know, 20 feet in front of you and you can like see like what they look like up close. Like it was and like I said before, so Nile cool. is like made to play a small venue. Like that is, yeah. Like it was, it was. Oh, I saw Harry in a small venue as well, which was good. But Harry's presence is like so big. Like sometimes he yeah. felt like swallowed up in those small venues because he couldn't really like let everything out. But that was like mm-hmm. Nile. That's exactly where Nile should have been. Like it was amazing. Oh, that makes me so excited to go because I'm seeing him next month, which is so crazy because I I feel like I bought the tickets like. And now I can't believe, like, it's already coming here. Like, I felt like when I was buying them, I was like, oh, that's so far in advance. So many, like, it's a ne- into, not even until, like, next year. And now, like, it's next month, which I have to check the date because I don't even know what date it is. It's the, 20, <laughs> it's the 22nd, Caitlin. I'm oh, thank too. you. <laughs> oh, oh, this is why I have you on, so that you can, <laughs> you can tell me when I'm seeing Niall. Okay, the 22nd of March. Good to know. Good to know. Um, yeah, yeah so I'll I'm, be there. <laughs> <laughs> yes oh my god it's gonna be so good yes. yeah I know like so many people are gonna be there like I feel like I we all need to have like a meetup or something before or after or whatever I have like the um like the uh what is it like the, the sound check thing 
Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be good because you get early entry in too, right? Like. Yes. So hopefully I'll be up close. Yeah. Although at the Harry concert, I did not like being up close. So. <laughs> but <Niall's laughs> we will see. Niall's show is a bit more chill. Like I saw Harry yeah. on this tour also. Um. So I saw Niall and Harry both in the same venue in Toronto at Massey Hall, um, which is seated. <laughs> it wasn't GA, but like it was still Niall's was way more chill. People like stayed in their seats. Um. And for Harry. Like people, as soon as he came on stage, even though we were seated, like I felt that like push, um, and it was yeah. just like I felt a bit claustrophobic, and I was, and I I don't usually feel that way, and I was just like, well, this yeah. is crazy. Um, yeah. But it was yeah. Um, I agree with what Martha said about like Harry, his like stage presence is so big, and like he filled up that small venue and then some. But because like Niall's music is so much more chill like him up there with his band it's just like he's made for the small like ga like club vibe like i can't wait to see him at the london show because i feel like it's gonna be have a similar vibe whereas um i'm also seeing him in uh dublin which is like the three arena so i'm like i don't know how this is gonna be (laughs) like i'm sure it'll be great but it'll be interesting to see how he changes up his um show to fit an arena Yeah, because, like, we all, we've all we all seen Harry, like, go wild in, in big shows. I mean, with the boys. Yeah. So he can definitely, like, take up a stage. But Niall has been, like, in his shows, he's been more, like, standing and playing his guitar and, like, that type of thing. So, yeah, that'll definitely be interesting. Yeah, which was, like, similar in 1D, too, right? Like, he was always walking around with his guitar, even in the right. band. And he wasn't really, yeah. like, flailing around like <laughs> Harry always was. So, I don't know. I'll be excited to see how he changes it up. Yeah, because a lot of times when, like, people do, like, huge shows, um, they often have, like, dancers around them or, like, you know, Taylor Swift's shows always have tons of people on stage and there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, Like, Justin Bieber, too, I think he always has, like, dancers and stuff. So it's interesting to see, like, the I mean, the One Direction boys never had that. They always just had themselves and that, that was enough because there's five of them. But, like, with them going solo, you know... It'll be it'll be interesting to see. I mean, Liam's already bringing dancers on, which I think really fits his his music and his style. Um, but I wonder what I I don't I can't imagine like Harry having like dancers on stage and like he, I mean Ed Sheeran does huge shows without having anyone. So yeah. it'll just be interesting to see like what their style is when they go to bigger venues. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, and I also think now like strategically picked where he's playing. I know Ireland's different because he's like. Like, Nile in Ireland, he has to play huge venues. Like, that's just what has to happen. But, like, in the yeah. States, he's playing some all outdoor venues. And, like, the one he's playing here is one that lots of, like, rock bands play at. Um, so, it's, uh, it, it's, and he seems to have done that, like, across the United States. Like, he's doing outdoor venues, which more sets up, like, that chill vibe than an arena mm-hmm. and the frenzy that you get with that. So, and I think, like, they're about the same size. Like the one, the venue that he picked here is about the same as our arena. So um, I think it'll be interesting to see what he does. I saw One Republic at the place he's playing last summer, and um, Ryan Tedder does move about the stage a lot, but he also stands and plays his guitar and plays the piano. So, um, okay. and it doesn't feel, the stage isn't huge there. Like those outdoor venues, you don't bring in your own stage. It's usually a stage already built for you. So right. yeah. um, I think. You know, that's smart of him to kind of take that route rather than the arena route. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's gonna be really cool. Um, like he's playing, like he said, said he's playing like Red Rocks, and that was one of the ones he like wanted to play. Uh, he told, he said he told his manager, like I'm not doing the tour if you can't get me Red Rocks. So. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Um. So how was it? Like, did you guys listen to? Was Niall's album? It was. Was it out already? I'm trying to remember when you it guys had just. It had like just come out, I think. Right. It okay. was like the beginning yeah. of November or so. When, yeah. So it had like just come out. And had you guys listened, so you'd listen to the album? Um, yeah. yeah. So I was listening to the, like, someone was, like, live streaming the Dublin show while it was happening, and okay. I was listening to it, like, incognito at my desk at work, and I was like, literally, <laughs> if anybody comes by and asks me a question, the, like, desk glare that they're going to get from me. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, so I had definitely heard it, um, and then I let myself listen to it, like, I downloaded the tracks, and I let myself listen to them one more time and then I cut myself off and I did a pretty mm-hmm. good job <laughs> like I failed I failed a couple times and listened to a couple songs um but on the whole I did a pretty good job of waiting yes that's such a pretty good restraint to not listen to it oh. yeah it was it was incredible I'm shocked that I was able to do it because I was not able to like when On the Loose came out when he played it at that like festival or whatever in May like I had recorded um like the computer with audacity like an hq version and i had it like loaded on my ipod and i like i listened to it all the time so yeah yeah i had the live version too it was just too good it was too good so yeah so actually we were in the car i think i've told the story before well we were in the car driving somewhere and that song came on and my husband looked at me and he's like uh you said that there's no um studio version of this song and i said there's not and he kind of pointed at the stereo as if to say, like, then what's this? And I was like, no, this is just, like, him doing a live performance. But thanks for, like, admitting he sounds as good live as he does on the track. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he really does. I feel like he sounds so similar. Did you guys find that at oh, the live show? Like, yeah. how was it different than the studio version, I guess? He's better. Live? It He's is better, better live than he is yeah. on the studio. Yeah. His songs are made to, like, be heard live. Like, I feel like they're too flat on the album like I listen to the album all the time and it's great but the album is just it's too flat but live you get like you're surrounded by the music and I think that's what he really went for with his right sound. and I feel I, like he changes it up more too when it's live mm-hmm. like he puts more emotion into it he like does. maybe next time he should have like when he recorded it he maybe recorded it with that sort of mindset because definitely Harry's was like, there's so many live aspects of Harry's yeah. Yeah. versus Niles. As you said, it's a bit more, like, structured, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, everyone talks about how Harry's voice has that, like, raw feeling. I think Niles is too, but um, his production mm-hmm. on his album made him more polished, where on Harry's, yeah. it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like they did that. Um, I really wish they wouldn't have because... I I enjoy I enjoy Niles' album, but I'll tell you live I couldn't even all I could do was sit and stare at him like he was amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm like, so truly. excited. Yeah, yeah. Because like, I feel badly because I don't listen to Niles' album so much. Like I listen to Harry's way more, and I still listen to Harry's. And like it's like I don't really Niles isn't like a go-to album that I put on. I mean, it's also very like somber, so that's like probably part of it. But like. It's just, it doesn't, like, excite me too much when I'm listening to it, but, like, I just have this feeling that when I see him live, it's just going to be, like, oh, my gosh, this is everything. Everything is so good. Yeah, it's, like, like, it's really, 
good life. I mean, that's not a good descriptor, but, <laughs> but they change it up, right? So he's got like there's parts in the songs live that are different. Like his um, guitarist, I think Jake is his name, does like he does a different outro to "On the Loose" each time. Like he just makes it up on the fly. Oh, that's so cool. Um, and, like, there's, like, the guitar solo in uh, Since We're Alone and in Fire Away that are just, like, so much more full um, live, yeah. this whole live band. And, I mean, and he had said, I think, in his Apple Music doc that um, when he was recording, like, if there was, like, a... Um, like a noise on someone made on a guitar string, they would have to go back and redo it. And I don't, like, I yeah. always like hearing those kinds of things because it makes the music sound more real. Like, that was one of my favorite aspects of the, like, 1D song, AM, was that you could hear the, like, yeah. scratch on the guitar strings and that kind of thing. Like, it just sounds like people literally sitting around singing to the guitar instead of just this really polished sound. So I hope Niall goes for, like, the less polished in album two. Yeah, I, I agree. Because, like, that's what I loved about, like, with, like, From the Dining Table when I did mm-hmm. that episode. I really needed to include all those little clips because, like, they're so important to the song and you can hear the person's hand moving on the fret and they left it in. And, like, you can hear, like, his mouth, like, make a weird mouth sound, but they left it in. And, like, I feel like when those happen on Niles, they're like, oh, we need to tidy it up. We need to make sure, like, yeah. it's so clean and polished. Versus sort of, like, letting it be, like, more human, you know? Yeah, right. Actually, your, like, review of From the Dining Table made me appreciate it so much more. Like, before, it was, like, not really... I mean, I didn't dislike it, but it wasn't one of my favorites on the album. And then after your review, I went and listened to it with all of that knowledge and all those little things you pointed out. And I was like, oh, yeah, this song's really, really good. <laughs> I didn't give oh it enough credit before. <laughs> that makes me feel so happy you don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I feel so happy. Um, well, yeah, I'm going to try to keep doing that. Like, I just did it for um, when I did Paper Houses. I mean, not Paper Houses, Paper... Was it? Yeah, yeah. Is that, yeah, yeah. Paper Houses. I get, I'm getting so mixed up with Paper Towns and Paper Houses. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but, yeah. That. that was good, too. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, that was good. And Steph's, mm-hmm. Steph's, like, analysis on why it's a song about One Direction is awesome as well so um she's gonna have to oh my that. god yes i know i need to respond i'm so bad at getting back <laughs> oh, dates. I, I need to respond to this but wait you can that. just say it now <laughs> say it now for our listeners so so steph had this theory about um if you didn't listen to my paper houses like uh episode that was the last one we did um but yeah steph you had a really cool analysis of yeah it. i have what to look it? up the lyrics now so that i can remember um but so yeah this is funny it's actually my friend lucy's um analysis it's not mine but she was texting we have this like nile group chat and she was texting us while she was at the <coughs> dublin show and she's like paper houses is definitely about the band <laughs> um, but it kind of like speaks to how like they were a boy band and like it was clear to everyone except maybe me <laughs> that they had an expir- and maybe Niall himself that they had an expiration date uh, and yeah. so the whole like why did we climb and fall so far like they were on top of the world and now like being solo they have to um, try to like scrape their way to the top again like finding mm. their way as solo artists um, so same with the like our paper houses reach the stars like their paper house was never as a metaphor that it was never gonna be sustainable um and then also his break and scatter worlds apart like especially like scatter makes me think of more than 
two people, right? Like, in a relationship, yeah. like, Scatter would be, like, the five of them, obviously worlds apart, like, Niall being from Ireland, the rest of them being from the UK, and some of them not even living in the UK, but living in LA now, um, yeah. that kind of thing. Uh, and then, like, Niall's line, oh, that breaks my heart, is, like, I paid the price and own the scars, because I feel like, um, I think Louis said that him and Niall resisted the hiatus the most, so, like, Niall may be saying he, like, paid the price for thinking that, like, the band was gonna last forever, and that he wouldn't have to, like, learn to breathe on his own, but now he's, like, trying to find his way as a solo artist. Anyway, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I totally, I totally, like, got that, like, when you, when you, like, messaged or tweeted that, like, I totally felt that so much and that's when I'm like I'm like oh why aren't other people on these song analyses because like I I end up like on this one track mind of like oh this is the storyline and like forget that there's like 20 other storylines so I feel like that's just it can be so true because like who said it was like about a romantic relationship it does it definitely doesn't have to be that right. and like we have so many things that begin and end in our life and that we invest time into and, like, obviously One Direction was a huge one for all of the boys, so, yeah. Yeah. I definitely feel that. <laughs> so, all yeah, right. that's what I always think of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, what else was I going to say? Did you have anything else about the Nile concert before we get into the main discussion that you guys wanted to say? No, not really. Just like no. go see Niall live because he's amazing live. <laughs> yeah. So so do it. You know, like yeah. everyone has their fave, and like you know, I'm gonna go see Harry way too many times this year, but <laughs> I like make time to see Niall too. That is good advice. Yeah. That really is. Yeah. I'm so glad I got like that. I paid extra for the Niall thing, like because even though Harry's my favorite, I'm like happy I'm seeing Niall, and then I'm seeing Harry again. Uh, at, at the O2, which will be exciting. Oh, are you seeing him in the O2? That's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nice. Oh, so, man. We have really bad seats. This was this is what was so annoying, was that they did, like, the pre-sale. So I got, like, the only tickets that were left for the pre-sale was, like, in the 400s, like, the nosebleeds. And then once the pre-sale was done and the real sale opened up, there were way more better seats open. But oh. I had bought the other ones because I was like, oh, my God, what if I don't get tickets? And then I didn't realize that it wasn't going to be completely sold out. Yeah. So that was a bit disappointing. But, I mean, obviously I've seen him up close as well. But, like, still, I wish I could, like, it was the same price for better seats. And I'm like, ah. Oh, that's frustrating. But that's yeah. okay. That's okay. And maybe I'll, like, uh, maybe I'll get to go. Because he's doing multiple of them, right? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Maybe I'll just, like, end up buying movies. another ticket and seeing him closer. Who knows? I bet I'll do something, like, stupid like that. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> times in London, right? Like, you saw him in yeah. his shows? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So this will be my third time seeing Solo Harry. Oh, that's which so just exciting. seems like a lot, but I'm excited. I'm so. just seeing him once this summer in, uh, I'm gonna, oh, it's crazy. I'm gonna drive down to Minneapolis. Like, I'll, it takes eight hours to drive from where I am to Minneapolis. So I'm gonna spend the day driving. I'll see Harry. I'll probably stay the night in Minneapolis, and then I'm gonna spend the whole day driving back home. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's dedication. Like, yeah. And, like, these don't always happen. And also, like, you don't know. Like, next year, Harry might just not be touring at all because he'll be writing his album. So it'll be, like, it might not be even until, like, yeah. into the 2020s that we see him again. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I flew. Yeah, I flew to see Harry and Niall this year. Um, so I flew all the way to Phoenix. We literally stayed at a hotel, sat by the pool. 
went and saw Harry, um, and then <laughs> flew out the next morning. Like, I, yeah. So you guys are life goals. I swear to God, I need hey. a role model. Like <laughs> after this, <laughs> I went way too much for concerts. I flew to see Harry in Toronto, and then I was back there less than a month later to see Nile. <laughs> <laughs> it's still so good I love it like I would rather spend money on that type of thing than like going out to dinner you know like, right and going out to dinner costs a lot of money like four yeah. times going out to dinner is like mm-hmm. equivalent to a concert ticket depending on like where you eat yeah so you know, and it's I'd a fun way to money. like it's a fun way to see more places as well so I use it as an exactly. opportunity to like go places I wanted to see anyway so being an adult yeah. fan is is glorious because I can afford to do that so um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is really great. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm still in school. I have no money. I'm like looking forward to when I'm like starting my residency and actually making money. Uh, and that'll mm-hmm. be when I'm like, okay, now I can like right. maybe afford some more things. Yeah. The life. first time I ever did that is my roommate and I are huge Justin Timberlake fans and we missed the concert. Like, and he only puts out music every five years. So you have to like see him when you mm. see him. And um, so we missed his Future Sex Love Sounds tour, and we were like, next tour, we're going. It was seven years mm-hmm. later. He announced his summer tour, tour with Jay-Z, and he was only going to the East and West Coast. So we hopped on a plane and went to Boston and saw him at Fenway, and it's, like, one of the best experiences of my life. So oh. if you have the opportunity to, like, go see your fave somewhere cool, like, do it. So Yeah. 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 That's so nice. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm excited for adult Caitlin making money and spending it <laughs> but you'll have fun the sound check thing will be cool like I yeah yeah because i've done those i mean I, it's not like i'm not buying fun. tickets these days i'm just yeah. i'm just buying them and like using up all my money that's okay yeah well i mean it's worth it like yeah you i think you'll really enjoy the sound check i have sound check for nile in um dublin and in Bel- oh okay. i actually have like a meet and greet for him in belfast which i'm like oh my god I know. <laughs> like, that's so exciting <laughs> but that's so so exciting i mean they're, they weren't terribly expensive no they like, were it's not like they were like a thousand dollars they were so. cheaper in europe than they were here that's why i got it for okay belfast. so yeah <laughs> but still like yeah. i'm going to belfast by myself so i'm just gonna be in this line by myself and i'll be like oh hey <laughs> i've been there i have been there <laughs> yeah. me at most concerts by myself literally the harry concert i was i was stood next to these two people that i'd introduced myself to at the beginning and like you know they probably thought I was normal and then Harry freaking comes out and I'm like I don't care and I'm like dancing like a complete idiot and like just feeling it and just going for it and I was like you know what screw it I'm here alone no one cares I'm just gonna dance my heart yeah exactly oh and like last thing about live shows is like this podcast has been amazing because I wouldn't have gotten Phoenix tickets if it wasn't for a listener giving me their code. Um, oh, so yeah. shout out to Sarah for giving me her code. And then you helped me get tickets to see Harry at Madison Square Garden. So, um, yeah. So, like, yeah, this this podcast, I had someone to go watch Nile in D.C. Yeah. with because I met Steph through the podcast. So, so yeah. So, this podcast is I amazing. I love that. I love that, yeah. like, on social media, we're all, like, I feel like whenever, like, the tickets go on sale, I'm like, okay, who can I buy tickets for? Like, okay, I've got some in my basket. Yeah. That's when I saw you. I, like, I saw Martha tweet, like, oh, I didn't get MSG tickets. And I was like, oh, my God, Martha, I have some in my basket. Do you want me to get them? Like, yeah. They're right here. 
Yeah. Well, and I, I couldn't even go. I don't know why I was like, you know, <laughs> testing it out. I knew I was going to be gone, but I was like, let me just like see. Yeah. So, so I have tickets to both nights now because I released the second night, like shortly after that, of course I bought tickets. So yeah. yeah. Well, why wouldn't you if you're already right. going there? Yeah. Right. And so yeah. my husband's like, so you can sell the first set, right? And I was like, uh, no. <laughs> like, why would I do that? He's like, no, no. oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, this has been so nice. Let's 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 stop our chatting and get down to the real business of this episode, um, which is our Flickr discussion. Um, so yeah, we're talking about I mean Flickr the song, but obviously it is very much related to the whole album. Um, and this is just going to be another Niley album. I'm, like, really happy that I'm doing all these song discussions. I feel like I really, like, let both Harry and Niall down, not not covering all their stuff. But as we were saying, there were so much other things, like, so many other things happening that it was hard to be like, okay, let's do, like, some song discussions when it was like, oh, my God, like, Liam's dropped a song, like, Harry's dropped a song, or uh, not Harry, um, Louis, Liam, Dunkirk. There was just a lot yeah. of things happening. So it was like... <laughs> We couldn't just be like, okay, let's do song discussions on all their songs. So we're doing Flickr, and you guys chose this one. So why did you decide that Flickr was the song that you guys wanted to discuss for this episode? Um, I think I picked this song. Um, so it, it, I um, I was obsessed with this song when the album came out. It's the only song I listened to um, from his concert um, before like we heard the album. Um, this mm-hmm. is the only one I listened to because he talked so much about it. And so I made sure to watch the video and, um, yeah. it has some, it like brings back, um, some major nostalgia for me, which I think is why I love it so much. And it reminds me of one of my favorite songs, which I'll talk about later. But, um, so I think I picked it in after slow hands. Um, this is probably my favorite song on the album, though. I'm angry at him because the acoustic version should be the album version. Cause it's like 20 times better. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> it's a million times better. Oh, man. I, was I feel like I haven't listened to, to them next to each other. Oh, I yeah. need to do that. They're my, yeah, I listened to them back to back while I was, you know, getting ready for this podcast. And I was like, oh, the strings on the acoustic one just, like, yeah. make the song. It's much better. And then even that video where he's, like, singing it live, he just is yeah. so into it. And you can tell he really loves the song and it means a lot to him and that comes through in his more acoustic performance rather than the polished one on the album yeah um and what what was you martha you said you listened to this for the first time like on one of the like yeah i list i watched the video because i was um at work whenever he um did his concert and i turned on the live stream a minute but when i get busy i obviously can't pay attention so um mm-hmm. i listened to him um I listened to it when I got home because Steph was like, you've got to listen to the, to his uh, song. It's so good. So I did <laughs> <Yeah>. listen to Flickr. <laughs> and um, I don't remember. I just remember you couldn't hear the quality was so terrible. But I remember just like him singing, like seeming so passionate about it. And um, I love the way it sounded. I couldn't really pay attention to the lyrics because um, it was hard to hear. But um, I knew right away that it would be a song I really like. I thoroughly enjoy, like, slow, piano-driven ballads. Um, they're mm-hmm. probably my favorite, um, Hello, oh, You and I. Um, and from the <laughs> dining table, actually, I really love that song, too. Um, so, yeah, I, I just remember really liking it and thinking this song is going to be awesome when I can hear the studio version, which I still loved, but the acoustic is better. So Yeah. 
Um, and, and what about you, uh, Steph, you listened to the live thing? You said you were listening to the live stream. Yeah, I listened to the live stream of his show um, in Dublin, so the first time I heard it was that. Yeah, and, like, you can tell, uh, like Martha said, he's just so passionate when he's singing it. Even, like, I couldn't obviously understand many of the lyrics, but the part where he sings, like, then I think of the start, whenever he sings that live, you can just tell that he, while he's singing that lyric, is probably thinking back to the start of whatever relationship the song is about or whatever situation right. like he is clearly going back to that moment every time he performs the song and it comes through really well oh it's so good i'm so excited i'm so glad we're doing this like uh, only a month before because i i can't imagine if i had to do an episode like this and then wait like six months to see him i would just be like how could i do this but you guys are like really pumping me you're up. gonna love it oh, it's so good. <laughs> i feel like i don't really remember like i watched that periscope but I don't know what song I came in on, but I don't know if I, I may have heard Flickr. I don't really remember. I really, the ones that really stood out to me when I was listening to that Periscope of like the live first concert was On My Own and then Paper Houses, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or maybe I do remember because he said, oh, he was saying that Flickr is the song that the album was named after. I definitely remember him saying that. Yeah. So I must have caught that part, but I don't necessarily like remember um, like all what I was thinking at the time, but. Um, I just knew, like, it was going to be an important song because, like, it was the title of the album. That's when he announced the title of his album, too, right? Yeah, it like, was. Yeah. Like, like, so much, like, that concert, he yeah. just dropped so much knowledge. Yeah, <laughs> it literally. Yeah, it yeah, was insane. Because we had nothing. We had nothing from him except, like, two or three songs. And then he just, like, releases his whole album at, like, one Yeah, concert. it was so weird. But, yeah, I remember that. And I remember hearing Paper Houses and... As I was listening to the live stream, really, like, connecting with that song, and then it ended up being my favorite song on the album, so, yeah. I, like, knew right away I would love that one. But. Yeah. Um, so this song, Flickr, was written by John Ryan, Julian Bonetta, and Niall Horan. I love now that when I talk about Julian Bonetta, I'm like, yeah, I met him. Oh, yeah, you did so. at X Factor. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that was such a weird moment. I, I hope I didn't come off weird to him, but I think I came off sort of cool and collected, so. I'm sure oh, he thought was... it was fine. <laughs> I bet he had much <laughs> <That> weirder was... <laughs> encounters. <laughs> yeah, probably. Although I told him about the podcast, and I'm like, what if he listened? Like, I really hope he didn't. Like... <laughs> <laughs> we give our honest opinions here, and I don't know how nice I was about everything, but, um, but yeah, no, um, he was really, really nice. I'm impressed, I'm impressed that you could, like, introduce yourself to him, because I would have just, like, turned around and walked away, so, I know, like, kudos to you for that. It was a close one, I almost didn't, I, like, literally was, like, doing that, like, Thing that people do in TV shows where they're like hesitating and they're like moving back and forth like that was literally me like in real life though like I it was it was a uh, close didn't meet him but then I just was like screw it I'm doing it um but yeah um so yeah Niall said like wasn't this the song that he said that like when they were recording it in the studio um like everyone just had like a real moment and then didn't really talk for a while after it because it was just like so moving Mm -hmm. yeah that was about this one yeah so that like makes you and like also he named the whole album after it so it definitely feels like this is the one of the most important songs to him and then like just in general it for me it feels like very much like a theme on the album this sort of he has a lot of songs about like things ending and 
the emotions of that and thing like not wanting things to be done. It does have like a nostalgic feel, not the same way that um Made in the AM did, where like things were like definitely coming to a close. But I feel like a lot of his album has this sort of similar tone, or at least like whatever he's talking about seems in Flickr seems to sort of run throughout the album. Yeah, like, whatever yeah. the the relationship is or the situation seems to have a lot of songs that seem similar like paper houses has a very similar theme to this one so Mm -hmm. yeah i agree with that i feel like with made in the am like the tone of that album is they're like in the thick of something ending and like with flicker the tone of it is like it has ended and now he's reflecting yeah that's so true that's so true yeah because like in 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 made in the am it was like and it was very obvious it was like one direction this big thing giant things ending right now and they're like whatever and Niles is very reflective and like emotionally like dissecting like what his feelings are and all that type of stuff about a situation do you guys have ideas about like why this song was important as like the like the this is the title song for the album um I feel like the song is like if you if you look at the album you know a lot of it's about obviously about a a relationship that was important to him and this song seems to be to reflect that exact, like that moment when he realized it was over, even if he didn't want it to be, um, yeah. and that's like, like um, that's a time, that's a really hard thing to like, to like realize. Um, that's a that's a really difficult thing to like come to terms with. So I think probably that is why, and the fact that he could like put his feelings about that like out there um, the way he did is quite impressive because it's not an easy thing to do. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that sums it up nicely. Yeah, I think that's a perfect way to describe it. So let's get into the sort of lyrical analysis slash musical analysis slash all of the analysis of the song. <laughs> um, starting with the title. I mean, personally, I just really like the word flicker, just the way that it sounds like sonically. It's a cool word in general. <laughs> um, so I like it as the song title. Um and I feel, I feel like, it, it, for, unlike, like, I don't know, maybe Paper Houses, where you know what is sort of the emotion of the song, um, with Flickr, I feel like it's a conflicting song, and just seeing the word Flickr, you don't really know what direction it's headed in, and you sort of have to, like, sink into the lyrics and really hear the full song to know what the emotion is, but I like that about it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And it kind of like flicker the word kind of makes you have this feeling like a, you know, like a candle or a light, obviously, like going in and out. Um, so I think like yeah. the imagery there works really well, even for his whole like aesthetic for his tour, where he had the like carpets on the stage and had the like lamps and stuff. So I think that that works really well. Yeah, it definitely makes me think of a fire, um, which is I think why the nostalgia factor. Um, works for me. It brings back like a really distinct memory of my past um, at a fire, like a bonfire. So, um, and I think I, I think that's what he's going for with it, um, like that, like flicking back memories. Um, you know, a fire. A lot of times when it goes in and out, you could like see memories in it, and I, I feel like that's kind of what he was going for. Wow, both of you guys are already adding so much to this. <laughs> I'm so glad you guys are here to make. It's so, so much better than me just talking about a song alone. Um, yeah, I love both of those analyses of this. Like, I sort of even forgot that 
the word has so much meaning in and of itself and like the whole flickering like either a candle going in and out or like what like a flame or fire like it definitely I feel like this song has those sort of opposing sort of emotions and that flicker of like going back and forth between things and sort of like not being solid in one um like definitely has that tone or whatever I don't know what I'm trying to say but like that that flickering back and forth emotionally feels like um it goes well with the title um okay so let me read this first verse um which is when you feel your love's been taken when you know there's something missing in the dark we're barely hanging on then you rest your head upon my chest and you feel like there ain't nothing left I'm afraid that what we had is gone. Um, so I first of all, before like the lyrics, I just love how the song starts with this sort of plucky, twangy guitar sound that I feel like is so pretty and sets the mood right away um, of the song. And like it made me feel like as you as you were saying about like the carpets and the lamps, I feel like he's really set just sort of like an aesthetic, just like Harry had an aesthetic for his album. Niall does as well and it makes me feel like I'm just like cuddled in a dark room and the way that Niall's voice is so soft at the beginning makes it feel like he's almost just like talking to you right there um which I think is really effective with this song he just feels like he's so close to you um what did you guys think of like just the sound of this this verse and like what his voice sounds like yeah, uh, it's definitely really soft, like it's um, before he gets more passionate and he's just kind of like thinking about it in more like a sad, kind of nostalgic, reflective way before he starts to get really into it and starts to, like his emotions start to take him over, um, so I think it works really well. Yeah, I agree, he sounds so sad um, at the beginning and I really feel like the lyrics, like, he's still, like, they're not super descriptive, but you can totally picture exactly what he's saying, uh, singing about. Like, you can picture it easily. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just sounds so sad. Like, it really is a hard thing to wrap your head around, like, you know, loving someone but knowing it can't go anymore. And um, he just, like, he sounds so sad, and it makes me sad to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, I totally I totally agree. Um, his whole, like, the way that you can picture it. Um, I mean, like, so he said in Billboard that this song is about the, like, last night in a failing relationship, and he really, like, paints that picture really well with the whole, like, rest your head upon my chest. It kind of, like, it makes me think he's with someone, like, either in his house or maybe, like, in a hotel room, and, like, neither of them are actually, like, saying these words out loud, but they both kind of, like, know that it's over. Yeah, I definitely thought the same thing. I feel like in some songs you can't you don't know if it's like one moment where this is happening or if there's like lots of different scenes or you know there's time hops in a lot of songs but I felt like as you said in this one it feels like a real moment because he keeps talking about sort of laying in bed like later on staring at the ceiling here it says head upon the chest like it definitely feels like it's all sort of one continuous like reflection where he's just kind of lying there thinking about one thing versus like a song that sort of hops around and you don't you're not sure where like the time like jumps are which is also good and can also like whatever but this one's very like in the moment type thing yeah 
Um, so I, I thought this, I thought the word taken was really interesting in the first la- line when your love's, when you, when you feel your love's been taken, um, just cause to me that, that makes it feel like he feels like he's kind of not in control of sort of the relationship ending. And it's almost like something's been taken from him versus like, it's a quite a passive thing. Like when you feel like your love's been taken, it almost feels like it's out of his control, um, and I feel like just sort of diction-wise, that's an interesting, like, word choice. Um, and, like, I think of, like, a lot of... And I found this in Paper Houses, too. It seems like sometimes um, sort of what, what ends the relationship is maybe out of their hands a bit, where it's not necessarily, like, something they could control. And, like, you think of One Direction's lives, like, the distance that could happen or, like, whatever. Yeah. Like, I word... Yeah, I agree. That words, um, it's this song definitely gets a feel like they still love each other, but like they just can't anymore. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like like my high school boyfriend and I broke up when we went to college because we were going to college two separate places. You know, and it's actually like a great way to end a relationship. Like you know, this is gonna fail, and you don't want to like end it being angry at each other because it failed. So to be able to make that decision. But still know how bad it hurts. Like, that's not an easy, that's not an easy decision to make. So, um, that's, yeah. So that's kind of the feeling the whole song gives to me. Like, we're still in love, but this isn't going to work because it just can't, which is a hard thing to swallow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. I don't know. You guys said it so well. Like, that taken is such an interesting word. Um, it's really good. He's He's very specific, I think, with the words he chooses. Like, it doesn't often feel like he's just put something there um, randomly just to make it fit. Like, it feels like he's very deliberate in every word he chooses. I think, Caitlin, you touched on that in your paper, Houses review? Um, in my what? Um, in your, like, in your review on paper houses that you did, like, the last Oh, episode. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought you said, like, in my paper that I wrote, and I was like, I don't remember writing, a, like, an essay about, like, the diction. <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe I did this. <laughs> I was like, okay. Sounds um, like a good idea. You should do yeah. that. You should do that. <laughs> yeah. Instead of writing my essays about, like, methylation, like, methods of studying methylation, rather I'll write about, like, Niall's diction and, like, you know, comparing it to Liam's. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. One Coke and Bacardi, Ferrari, six gear, speed. <laughs> like, there's definitely a difference. Yes. No yes. offense, Liam. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Um, what else did I have? Um, I said, uh, oh yeah, just like sort of, I feel like he really paints the picture of, as we're sort of all saying, it's like, he's, I don't know, he's like barely hanging on, he's, there's something missing, Mm -hmm. um, it feels like, as we were saying, like, it's something that he doesn't want it to end, because there's still love, but it's like, he knows it isn't where it should be. And it, like, there's definitely, he can feel that there's something missing or that it's not exactly right. Um, and like, I don't know, he, he knows it has to end, even though he doesn't really want it to. Um, and like the fact that he's, I sort of picture him laying in bed at night with this other person, just sort of like thinking about these things. Um, when it's like, he's laying in the dark, I feel like nighttime is often a time we, 
use to sort of ponder the big things and like mm-hmm. you know you stay up late like trying to fall asleep but you end up like having all these anxieties that you just think about um and it's interesting because he's thinking about these and having the conflicted thoughts but it's also like so intimate because you know the person he's thinking about is lying on his chest and it's right there um but at the same even though they're so physically close at the same same time there's like this distance that he feels as well and it's just weird that he's having these sort of thoughts about it ending but like being there at the same time with this person and I think that's just interesting like um like the difference between those things uh yeah 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 I agree with that and I like that line like in the dark we're barely hanging on like I feel like it can be taken um literally or metaphorically like like you said they're obviously like laying in bed together and like physically close but there's this like dark time hanging over their relationship or it could be taken like the dark could um mean like behind the scenes because he references the dark um and since we're alone and in on the loose also like he says if you get lost in the light it's okay i can see in the dark and then like in on the loose he says like dance in the dark so i think he uses like light in a lot of interesting ways in the album um which like works with flicker being the title track and then the title yeah i don't know i think it works well yeah no i definitely agree we should do like a light analysis on his um that's why i was saying like in paper houses um i definitely saw like light as like a a really interesting tool and yeah in the dark definitely doesn't even just mean like in the room in the dark it could be like sort of things that are like hidden in the shadows like oh wow we look like we're okay on the surface but like in the dark we're just kind of barely hanging on type of thing yeah yeah or like he's also been it seems from his album like he's been kept in the dark about whatever his partner has been feeling right like he says in fire away like they haven't been communicating well or the same theme and since we're alone like you can talk to me that kind of thing yeah yeah and and even where's that line in this song he says what did he say uh like things we're not saying or things you didn't say to me or something and and I tell you things uh, never, never knowing, knowing what, you're what you're thinking. thinking. Yeah, 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 that's it, yeah. So, yeah. And I, I also think, like, you got to think about, like, where they were in their lives. So, like, they, they literally had no, no control over their lives. They've said that, I think, multiple times, all of them, like, how they just did whatever anyone told them. Um, and I can't imagine having, like, a relationship when you're in a situation like that because you don't have control over what you're doing and you can't, like, put the effort you want into a relationship and imagine being on the other side of that so like we always think about their feelings but imagine being their significant other who you know they just have to go along with whatever they're doing because no one has neither person has control over the situation um and I mean that could be a part of this as well so that's why he says it's taken like he's not he has no control he can't put the effort in that he needs to and the other person's not talking to him either so it's just not working. Oh, it's so sad. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, what else did I say? I said he is scared that it doesn't feel like it used to. Yeah, like he's just, I feel like he's like, he feels that it's not right. And he's afraid of that. He says he he's afraid that what we had is gone. And that's like such a sad feeling because it's like he knows it, but he's also scared of it being the truth. But it is the truth. He doesn't want it to be the truth. And, like, he's scared of, like, everything that will follow from that being the truth. And, 
Yeah, I don't know. It is just really sad. Mm-hmm. What else did you guys have about this this first part? Um, I think that was everything I had. Same. Okay, cool. So then let's move on to the next bit. Um, this is the chorus. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, so then I think of the start, and it echoes a spark, and I remember the magic electricity. Then I look in my heart, there's a light in the dark, still a flicker of hope that you first gave to me, that I want to keep. Please don't leave. Please don't leave. Even just saying that, that just sounds so pretty. Like, I love just, it sounds so poetic. Like, I really love his imagery in this and just the way everything comes across. It's so pretty. Um, also, the sound of his voice here just gets, it's really interesting because, like, the first part is, like, so sad. And then there's this sort of, like, more powerful thing where he's like, oh, but, like, I'm thinking of the start now. And, like, I'm finding that hope. And there's that flicker. Um, and it's still really delicate, but, like, you can feel, like, more of this strength building. Um, but, yeah, I feel like in this in this part he's almost, like, trying, not trying to, like, convince himself, maybe a bit, like, trying to be like, oh, let me find that, let me, like, try to find that feeling that I used to feel, like, bring back that spark and, like, maybe, like, for a minute believe that it's not over and maybe believe that we can still keep this going or that it won't end. Um, and, like, I like the word, I mean, I like the line, and it echoes a spark. I feel like that's just so telling where, you know, at the beginning of relationships, like, often people describe it as, like, electricity and sparks and, like, you know, this magical feeling. But rather than that, it's, like, the echo of a spark or it echoes a spark. It's not, like, the true one, but it's, like, him sort of, it's the memory of the spark that he's sort of grasping at, I guess, and, like, trying to find that um but maybe it's still not the real one and you can't just like imagine a relationship into being or like imagine it to like and make it happen just by thinking about it um but yeah I feel like I get this vibe of him trying to like not let it end even though he knows it's inevitable type of thing in this part what did you guys think um, yeah, I totally agree. Um, I like the, uh, like, I think of the start and it echoes a spark. Um, the way that he sings that with the, it echoes a spark where the melody is the same as the, I think of the start. I think that's like, what is it that they call it in Switched on Pop? Like text painting, where he's kind of like echoing the melody the same way. Um, yes. Doing with the words, right? They do call it that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, that's like as musical as I'll be able to get, but yeah. <laughs> more than me <laughs> um yeah I really like that part like that it echoes a spark I think like that's exactly what you said Caitlin like it's just it's like the perfect way to describe it um with the beginning of a relationship and then thinking back to that time when everything seemed like it was perfect yeah and like I'll talk a little bit more about the music as well because the melody to this chorus is is beautiful um and the one thing that's always like attracted me to this is and I I know a little bit about music theory, but it's not great. So I apologize to anybody who um, is an actual musical theorist who listens to this. But I'm pretty sure, um, and I like made myself listen to it like 20 times last night, that the part where he says um, electricity and um, first gave to me, that it's like triplets. 
um, which gives it kind of a different feeling. It, it's not syncopated, but it feels syncopated. And yes, uh, I totally oh, yeah, hear totally. that. I mean, I don't yeah. know the technicality of it, but I totally hear that. So a triplet, like, it's like a triplet when you 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 fit like three notes into like one single beat, and it can be or like it's not syncopated that you like are off beat when you put the notes, but it it, it puts like three notes into that beat. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I made myself count it out like 20 times last night and I am like <laughs> 90% sure that's what it is. And um, I think it gives like such a, uh, it gives a lot to the feel, like the feeling it gives you in the song. Um, and I think that's real, that, that might be the reason why I love this song besides like the nostalgia factor, like that, uh, him doing that. And that's one thing I appreciate about Nyla. I think of all the boys, like he actually understands like, music theory maybe the most of all of them and he uses that in his music which makes you like grow more fond to it um that's one thing I've learned from Switch on Pop like people who are truly gifted songwriters can use like things in like like music theory to like make you love their songs um and there's a reason why you know Despacito is so catchy on the radio there's something they're doing in it it's like make you fall in love with it I think Niall does that very well which is why his music becomes very popular with the general public oh that's so interesting i need to listen to more switched on pop i have like episodes saved that i want to listen to that i just haven't gotten around to but i definitely need to because they sound so smart they are <laughs> they, talk about they truly do, are uh, yeah you guys should do a episode with them like they've done some with swift cast where they do like song discussions and you guys should do one with them because their uh, episode yeah, on sign of the times so is amazing cool. like and they go more into the musical depth of it and you guys could offer yeah. like more like lyrical analysis like an ep- a joint episode would be great <laughs> yeah, yeah. I-, I bring the lyrical analysis to the table they can definitely <laughs> take on the music stuff <laughs> you would find them fascinating because things they talk about like i don't even understand even though i, I mean i yeah. sang in choir and i played the piano and i was in band but um like they are amazing like the one guy's a musicologist and like his his knowledge behind like how people place notes in a song to make you love it is just like fascinating to me Mm -hmm. it's really true too like they'll play it i'm like oh yeah you're right (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) oh that's why i felt that way (laughs) that's why i think despacito is really catchy like interesting (laughs) Right, That's exactly. So they did one on like a couple Taylor Swift songs too, like that I did something bad and like Getaway Car. Mm-hmm. And as I was listening to that episode, I think <laughs> just like oh that's one of the ones perfect. I have saved. I have like Dua Lipa, Taylor Swift, because it's all the songs that like I like and yeah. listen to. They just did one on the... Troy Sivan too. Like they're it's really good. Yes, yeah. oh, I see that. Yeah. Yep. So but yeah, those are the three I actually have. I have Dua Lipa, Troy, and Taylor. Yeah, <laughs> they, they have a One Direction episode. It's one of the the first one. I, I, I may actually have listened to that. Nice. I know they, I listened to the Harry's ones. I yeah. Don't know if I, listened to, I may have listened to the One Direction ones as well. They have nice things to say about the boys. But, I mean, they actually give them credit as music writers. Like, the first, they do, like, a song from each album. And the first two, they're kind of like, ah. But they do give them credit about, like, building their sound. And they talk about. That's good. Um, they, they, I can't remember what they analyzed on Take Me Home. But they were like, this is, like something they did they thought was impressive and then they did you and I and talked about the key change and then I don't remember what they did on on four but they night changes yeah yeah which I love that song I know a lot of people don't but it's a really good episode they talk they talk very highly of them so 
That's so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you guys haven't listened to them and you want, like, more musical analysis of stuff, definitely go listen to their podcast because it's really entertaining. And they always put the sound clips in, and they do a way better job than me. They'll, like, strip the lyrics out. I don't know how they do it. Or, like, yeah. literally play the notes <laughs> there and, like, play the chords. Like, I don't know what they do, but it's very impressive, and you're, like, like blown away by it. Yeah. Um, but back to the song. Um, this song, this chorus right here, I, I said before, like it brings back a specific memory for me. And um, I have a specific memory of dancing to a song at a campfire, um, like when a relationship first started. And this chorus like makes me think of that moment. Like I can't listen to this song without thinking of that moment. Um, the the part where it says like the magic electricity, like that that those wording to like that feeling when a relationship first starts is is like like a great way to describe it um so yeah this song and the spark like he kept talking about the echoes and the sparks and it it makes me like think of like flashes um and like of memories and a fire for some reason but this uh chorus definitely makes me think of like a specific moment and i don't i can't say a lot of music makes me actually think of a specific moment when i hear mm-hmm. it so that's so cool. I love that. And then you can bring all your feelings about that into the song. and Like, it makes it so much more personal. Yeah, and actually uh, reminds me of the song that we danced to, which I'll talk about later, like, when you talk about music influences. But it sounds a lot mm-hmm. like it, which is probably part of it as well. That's really cool. Yeah, and definitely, like, all his imagery has a lot of fire stuff. And I always think of, like, campfire feels. So that also, like, goes along with what you were saying, like just the whole idea of light and fire and warmth. I feel like his whole album is like a cozy, warm album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like every time I listen to it, I'm like wrapped in a warm blanket. Like it's just, yeah. it's so comforting. I listen to it at work a lot of the time <laughs> when like things are getting crazier. I have a lot on my to-do list. It's very, it's very calming. Um. Then the line, which one? Was, oh yeah. Then I look in my heart. I love this one because I feel like this like, uh exemplifies Niles just like emotional uh intelligence that he has on this album where like he's like okay then I'm gonna look inside myself and look at my heart and like you know think about how I'm actually feeling and pick it apart a bit and like talk about it um because like as opposed to Harry who seems to not really know what his emotions are half the time on his album Niall definitely like knows his emotions and like talks about them and um I just like when he's like, I'm going to look at my heart. And I don't know. I love that. Um, and what else am I going to say? He, it feels like he's like not ready to get rid of that spark. Like he's, he's looking in his heart and sees that there's still this like little light in the dark and he's trying to hold it near and dear and not let it go. Um, and like that repetition at the end is like him really not wanting it to leave and wanting the person to leave and wanting like the relationship to end and I feel like there's a lot of conflicting emotions which makes it feel more real to me because it's like it's not just like oh I'm done with the relationship or oh I'm sad like it's like he's sad but he's also like not wanting it to end and he's recognizing that it does have to end but he's like also battling with himself and like wait does it have to end like I still see this spark like it's still there um but he knows at the same time it's not the same as the beginning so I just like this sort of emotional depth that he has in this song I feel like you can see it really here like a lot in the chorus 
Yeah, I agree. And I like um, that you touched on the repetition of the please don't leave, how he says it twice. Um, like, I feel like that line can have two meanings, and I think that's partly maybe why he repeated it. Like, it can have the meaning of, like, he's actually, like, thinking about his partner leaving. Like, maybe they're planning on going home the next day, and he's thinking that maybe if they stayed that they would have more time to work it out, like he's on tour, or if they don't live in the same place. Um, or, like, don't leave the relationship, like, he's silently begging her to stay with him. Um, but also, he could be talking about, like, this feeling, like, this spark um, that he's feeling, that he says, like, in his heart. Like, he doesn't want that, like, feeling and that, like, last bit of love that he has to leave as well. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, definitely, because wh- I said that somewhere else, I think, in my notes, like... Yeah, um, I have that at the end, because that's how he yeah, ends the song. Yeah. Yeah. Where's mine? Like he 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 does. Yeah. P- please don't leave. Like he doesn't want the feelings to go away. Like he doesn't want that flicker to go away. Like he doesn't want the relationship to end. But he also wants to like somehow hold that feeling specifically because it was so happy and so exciting. I mean, he doesn't want that to die out. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And then it's like when he repeats it, like the first time he says it, it's almost like he's asking for like the feelings to not leave or for his partner to lo- not leave. And then the second time he says it, it's like he's repeating it almost like more sadly, like he knows that like inevitably like it will die off. Right. Yeah, and I also like this part, like um, this song is building upon itself. So like it starts really soft and he gets a bit louder here. Um, till he like crescendos out and then he like the music kind of falls out so um, Mm -hmm. I like um, that he did that as well kind of like this big like crescendo into like a big feeling and then I think Harry did that yeah Harry did that from the dining table as well so um, I think it it displays emotion really well yeah I totally agree yeah so I feel like this is one of the more dynamic songs musically as well because it has that like louder and soft and like as opposed to like too much to ask where I feel like it's more steady I don't know yeah there's not as much stuff happening where like doesn't feel like it's breathing as much I definitely feel like this song breathes a bit more and has like different places that it goes to yeah and also feel like that's where the studio version like fails this song is that it does crescendo but you don't hear it as much but in the acoustic version you can feel it a lot more because there's less music involved um, and I think it, it gives it more of like an emotional feel because um, those strings, like Christian knowing, is really beautiful and they get lost in like the studio version with everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was hard to hear all the like strings until right before the um, bridge for me. That's when it really started hearing the strings in this version. Yeah. And I feel like they're really important. So the next part is... When you lay there and you're sleeping, hear the patterns of your breathing, and I tell you things you've never heard before, asking questions to the ceiling, never knowing what you're thinking, I'm afraid that what we had is gone. Um, and I just feel like this continues that sort of intimate feeling of like, just when they're laying there in the bed, sleeping, um, the pattern of the breathing, I feel like just the whole sonically it sounds like that as well. Um, Just like the quietness of the voice and it goes back to this sort of soft um, moment. Um, And 
Yeah, did you guys have anything about the sound of this? Uh, just like this part? Um, I guess I just like how it goes back to being soft, like he said, like his thoughts, uh, it like kind of goes back and forth from his thoughts to the relationship ending is when he's softer and more contemplative. And then when he sings in the chorus, like goes back to, then I think of the start and his voice gets more powerful because he's thinking back to when their like feelings were stronger. Yeah, it like it, uh, matches his emotions. Mm-hmm. Right, and the lyrics of this um, also give me the feeling like maybe his significant other like never said anything about how they were feeling, and then all of a sudden like drops this bombshell on him like that they don't think it's working, um, and even though he like had a feeling it wasn't like that they he never knew they were thinking the same thing, and like maybe they just like said something, um, and now he's like what's going on? So it, it gives an impression like the other person isn't communicating and like when they do communicate it's like a lot to handle all at once and especially for Niall he's always in this album he's asking them communicate communicate like listen listen like I'll listen to you like I might not be able like what what is the song he says um uh, since we're alone when he says like talk to me like I might not understand it is that the one but like I'll try yeah, yeah, he says that in Since We're Alone, he says that in Fire Away, like, even if you, yeah, even yeah, if I don't away. understand, you can talk to me. Yeah. He says, like, you can yeah. talk to me. Actually, that lyric is in both Fire Away and Since We're Alone, which I just literally realized a second ago. <laughs> That's why I was probably confused. Oh, I need to do Fire Away. That might be my favorite song on this album. I don't know. Perhaps. Um, but yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's like, it seems like the other person isn't communicating. It matches really well with Harry's. I bet it's about Harry and Niall and their friendship. <laughs> and Niall was always trying to get Harry to talk, but Harry never spoke. <laughs> I said that was like last night. night. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely seems. We like always it. say this songs about Harry, so thank you yeah. for adding to that theory. <laughs> <laughs> you are welcome. Yes. I'm glad we're all on the same page. <laughs> We've had many discussions about Niall and Harry's albums being about each other. It sounds like it, that would be such a great episode. Like, do like a call and response, like song, 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 song. Like, which ones match up with each other, and like, see what the story is there because they definitely feel like it sometimes. Yeah, yeah most definitely. Um. So what else was I gonna say? Um. Yeah. He's like, um. The whole and I tell you things you've never heard before. I kind of, actually before that, I love the line, hear the patterns of your breathing. I think that just sounds sonically really cool. Just mm-hmm. like, like patterns of your breathing. I don't know. I like that. Um, kind of random. But, and then the, I tell you things you've never heard before. I was kind of confused as to what he means by that. Because like often you picture if someone's like whispering something into the dark and they're like with their significant other, it's often like maybe they're saying like, oh, I love you before they're ready to tell them or something. But I don't really know what he's saying, like, what he's sort of, you know, saying to the other person that they haven't talked about. Did you guys have an idea about that? Yeah, um, I had a note about that line that tell you things you never heard before. So um, I kind of got the feeling with that line, he was sort of thinking of things he could have done to maybe, like, try and save the relationship or things he could have done differently to not let things get to this point. Um, and then, like, what we talked about before with his other themes of, like, never knowing what you're thinking. 
Um, so it sort of makes me feel like that this entire song, rather than him saying anything out loud to the person, um, instead the entire song takes place like solely inside his head. Um, kind of what I, how I took it. Like, so he's thinking all these things, but he's never said them out loud to this other person. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I can't picture him like whispering this out loud in the dark. Right. Like, it definitely feels like conversations he's having in his head. And, like, maybe it's, like, him sort of finally figuring out that this is ending and him talking about that in his head to himself. Right. And then he's, like, saying, like, she's sleeping and he's asking questions to the uh, ceiling. Like, I mean, like you said before, like, who hasn't done that, right? Like, laid there in the dark and, like, gone over things that are going wrong and had all this, like, anxiety and thoughts and you're not able to sleep because of it. It's super, like, it's what makes his music super relatable. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I just feel like this whole verse just makes you feel, like, so sad. Like, emotionally, when I listen to it, it just makes me, it makes me feel like it's happening to me at the same, like, when he's singing it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because it's, like, you feel his emotions so rawly. Like, you can tell how sad he is that he didn't know what the other person was thinking, and now he's sort of struggling with this, these inner thoughts and, like, wanting to tell the other person, like, trying to sort out what's gonna happen in the end. Um... And again, that afraid, that afraid, I love, I love that, like, I'm afraid that what we had is gone, it's like, he doesn't want to believe it, but he knows it, just, and he's just, like, realizing as he lays there that, like, the person he's holding on to is not going to be his person anymore, and it's, like, disappearing. (laughs) I love that line, and, like, the way that he sings, um, the word gone, it's just, it's so pure and sad and to the point, like, there's no sugarcoating his feelings here, and it's just, it's very, it's very sad. It's good. Did you guys have anything else about this part? No, I just think I wrote, like, four times that I feel so sad, like, listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> yup. <laughs> um, okay, so then we have um the chorus again, then I think of the start, and it echoes a spark, and I remember the magic electricity, Then I look in my heart, there's a light in the dark, still a flicker of hope that you first gave to me that I want to keep. Please don't leave. Please don't leave. I feel like we kind of already said this, but, like, it definitely feels like he's trying to find that hope and, like, convince himself that it's okay. Um, And, like, maybe they can, like, stretch out this relationship a little bit more as long as he can still see that flicker. Um, But he can't really... And I I think this is interesting to the, like, still a flicker of hope that you first gave to me. Like, it's like the other person giving him the flicker, giving him that light. Um, I feel like when we talked about with One Direction, we often talked about, like, the, where the light came from and who created the light, um, on our light episode and, like, who was the one receiving the light. And, um, it's like thus other person gave him that flicker, gave him that light, um, but now it's sort of disappearing, um, as the other person is gonna, like, disappear from his life, I guess, um, but this is where I heard, like, the strings come in more fully, too, like, I, I don't know what strings they were, violin, cello, who knows, um, more than a guitar, (laughs) um, and it just, it just sounds so beautiful, and, like, goes right into the next part as well, and I really liked, like, the sound of this. Uh, here. Um, did you guys have other thoughts about this 
this chorus or um, sort of similar to last one? No, I just like like it's still building on that Christian nowhere. It gets louder and like more passionate, and it's um, he just puts so much feeling into it, which he also does live. So um, yeah, it just I'm ready for it. Yeah, yeah, it's does very good. Live. Play like the strings live. Does someone yeah. get out a yeah? Violin? He has a violin. Yeah, he has. Yeah. Okay, cool. He added the yeah, violinist, like, to the tour after he, like, did his summer stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because ah, okay. he wasn't there. Like, I saw him at one of those, like, summer shows in, like, Chicago. Actually, Liam was there, too. Um, and he didn't have the strings then. But I guess he don't really have, like, any songs that needed strings. Right. It, like, he just had the three at that point. Right. Okay, that's good, because the strings are important, I feel like, on a lot of songs on his album. I mean, if he didn't have strings for On My Own, like, it would, it would be missing something. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Oh, I can't wait to do that song. It's going to be one of the best. <laughs> um, okay, so then it goes into the bridge, which is, and I want this to pass, and I hope this won't last, last too long. Um, and oh, everything just sounds so sad and pretty, and his voice sounds really like beautiful. I feel like it all just fits so nicely together. Um, and it's just, I feel like. Uh, the lyrics, I want this to pass, I hope this won't last, um, like, they can be taken in a lot of different ways, like, maybe he's saying, um, he wants this feeling of thinking the relationship is gonna end to pass, and he doesn't want to feel like the relationship is ending, and he wants it just to, like, all go back and, like, feel super strong in the relationship again, and for that, like, he hopes that this, like, sort of doubt that he's having is just sort of a fleeting thought, maybe, and that it's not gonna last and just go away um but I can also see it as like he kind of wants this whole thing to just like move past it and like end the relationship and not have to deal with all the sadness and he doesn't want to like this sort of sadness and hurt to last very long um he just hopes that it ends and he's able to get over it and move on and not have to deal with it even though that's probably not realistic given like his emotions that he feels around it but he's sort of like hoping that's the way it can be even though he's he doesn't think it would be um but I can see it in like both of those ways what do you guys think yeah I yeah, I, yeah. Thing. <laughs> I, it's pretty much the same yeah I like it um it seems kind of different than the rest of the songs to me like obviously bridges usually do um but for the rest of the song I kind of got the feeling like he knows it's over and he's starting to accept it but like the way he sings this bridge and the lyrics here where he's like I want this to pass um mm-hmm. like it seems like this is a last ditch desperate effort almost that maybe it might just be a rough patch and this is not really the end yeah and I think um I agree with that I I have the same thing you said Caitlin I I think I wrote it and they're both are heartbreaking but um I think that's what I was like with the Christian no like this is where he like ends the loudest and then the last course is a bit softer and um like I feel like it it makes it feel different like in the please don't leave at the end is kind of more desperate like please don't leave me um and he says it twice um it's like the whole song he knows it's over but this is like his true feelings like he doesn't want it to be like he like in his mind he knows it is but like in his heart he doesn't want it to be and um like that's that's the feeling I get from this um bridge yeah I I agree oh so sad so sad because he like drags those out like pass and last and and then the sort of repetition lasts too long. 
I just, it's really pretty and sad. So then, yeah, we have the last chorus into the end of the song. Um, another thing I noticed about the chorus is that um, all of the, most of the words end in a hard consonant, but he does not actually put the hard consonant sound on the end of the words. Ooh, that's interesting. Oh, I never noticed that before. Yeah, it's, it's interesting just to, I don't know if it was just like sound wise, if there's a reason behind it, but I noticed it last night um, when I listened to it and you can tell on the acoustic version, you can really hear it because um, there's not as much music around it, but he does not put like the T's and the K's on at the end. Unlike Harry and like two ghosts when he's like, right. Right. Yeah, that definitely, that would, like, soften it up, right? Yeah. Like, make it less, like, it makes it sort of drag out and make it feel a little bit more, like, desperate and sad, Right. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm, that's interesting. I'm gonna have to go back and watch, like, a live performance of it to see. And see if he does it. That live. Yeah. yeah. Well, just from someone who, like, I sing in choir all through high school and, like, we, like, so naturally when you sing you don't put hard consonants on the end of sounds because it's mm-hmm. hard to do and you're holding out like the vowel sounds um and we used to like our um choir director used to like make it a point to tell us we had to put them on the end and so it is something i noticed that is a pop music Ooh, thing so like in pop music they don't do that as much um in classical music <laughs> you're going to put the hard sounds on but in pop music that's one of the things that Actually, I'm going to stop right now and tell you, I'm not at home. I'm at Bread Company, and two ghosts just came on um, the speaker. Oh, my God, really? (laughs) Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I just like, wait a second. So, anyway. It's um, a sign. (laughs) Oh, my God. And I just said two ghosts, too. That's so good. And I never hear this song in public, so, like, the fact that it just came on is really funny to me. It was clearly the universe, like, (laughs) making something happen. Wow. So anyway, yeah, so that is a pop music thing that they don't put hard sounds on the end of uh, words, but I found it interesting that through the whole chorus, he never puts one on. Yeah, that is really interesting. Oh my god, now I can hear two ghosts playing, and I'm really, like, I'm, like paying attention to that. Sorry. <laughs> yes. No, that that's a really good point. Um now I want to listen to, like, if Harry does it on, like, other parts of his album versus yeah. Niall on his album. Yeah, it's just interesting, for sure. Because sometimes it's hard to tell if it's, like, an accent thing. Or right, right. And I couldn't tell like a... listening to it if it was, like, an accent thing or if it's on purpose mm-hmm. or what it is, but. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, I, I mean, this is the same chorus, but I guess I had different analyses of each of them. I also said at this part, um... I was saying just about the flicker that, like, it could be, like, taken both sort of, like, at the start of a relationship, it's, like, that flicker that starts the fire and, like, the relationship, like, grows into this big thing. Um, But, like, it seems like the flicker that he's now seeing is sort of the flicker that flickers out, you know, and ends. And it's sort of, like, the last burning embers of a fire that used to rage but is now dying. And it's like he's trying to see that flicker that's still there and pretend it's the flicker that's at the start rather than the flicker that's at the end. Um, and it's like perhaps this flicker is not, not enough to, to light the fire anymore. Yeah. It's just a dying flame. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like the dull flame idea. That's, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I also feel like like it's interesting that you said that the that course is the same all three times, so but you have a different analysis each time, which I think like goes to show like how his 
seeing it makes you change, like, well, not change how you feel, but, like, makes you feel a different thing. Yeah, it's so true, because you can say the same words, but, like, the way he sings it or, like, what verses came in between, it tells a different story. Like, his please don't leave, please don't leave at the end of this one would be different than the ones in the beginning, you know, because this is the end of the song and it's his last, like, it's how he's ending the song and how he's ending this sort of conversation about not wanting the relationship to end. And so, like, every line can be taken a new way, depending on when it falls in the song. Did you guys have other stuff about this and the song ending of the song? No, I do not. No. Oh, so that was the whole thing. That was so good. I Now I just want to, I always just want to, like, go back and listen to the songs at the end of every lyrical analysis. Um, yeah, I just, like, it's so interesting. Um, I feel like... It was so good to have you guys analyze this with me because I definitely got a lot more out of it with you. <laughs> um, but, um, and like, I feel like there's even, like, we keep talking about this relationship and I know we talked about, like, this sort of relating to, like, One Direction ending too and I feel like we could go even in more in depth into that or, like, there's just, I feel like even if it's not a relationship, like, anyone can interpret it as whatever they want. Like, you could imagine this being, like, you know, someone leaving school or like graduating high school or graduating college or, you know, moving to another place. And I feel like because his emotional strength is so much there, even though it might not be what he was personally writing about, you can definitely apply it to like other situations you're dealing with in your life. And I feel like that's a sign of like a strong song and strong songwriting. So I really appreciate that with this. Yeah, I feel like Niall does a really good job of that to like make his songs like it's obvious about it's a specific thing, but it, it definitely makes you feel like stuff about yourself. Um, and he has, like, I feel like most of his, well, I mean, Slow Hands is like a, not the same, but like most of his album feels that way. Yeah, definitely. Um, so in terms of the musical analysis, uh, I don't really have much to say about like the instruments that we didn't already discuss, but if you guys have <laughs> things to say, feel free. <laughs> All I had was that I thought the acoustic version with the strings, like where it starts off with the strings coming in, um, worked a lot better for me. Like we talked about before, I just felt like the album version was lacking musically in that regard. I didn't listen to the the acoustic one before doing this, so now I feel like first a bad pod, podcaster, but also <laughs> that I really need to freaking listen to that one again. Because like, the only one I would listen to on the regular is the... The other one because it's like with the album and I'm the opposite because I regularly listen to the acoustic version and not the album version <laughs> so. well, good. we balance each other out there. <laughs> uh, I had to make myself listen to the real version like before, <laughs> was, it, was it painful to get through it wasn't but it just sounds so different I'm not I don't usually have like a whole different like I usually like acoustic versions better I prefer like strip mm-hmm. pack but it doesn't usually make me feel like the song feels different and this one definitely does Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I definitely need to re-listen. I mean, I have it. I have the MP3. So, <laughs> um, okay. How about influences? I know you guys found some, right? Well, I don't know that it was an influence, but like I said earlier, like this song uh, reminds me of a time like that I danced by a campfire. It was to the song "The Dance" by Garth Brooks, and I know Steph knows that song because I was talking about it last night. But um, <laughs> it's from Garth Brooks's debut album. Um, from like 1990 which is I I looked up some facts about it like just Garth Brooks by the way if someone asked me who my favorite singer is he's like my go-to because he's like my childhood so I've seen him like 
four times in concert and he's amazing but um the song that dance is from his first album it's like one of his first number one hits and um it's a very stripped back song it it's a piano mostly um it has like a, a huge piano intro and a huge like a really big piano outro um and this article i read it because i googled it yesterday and um the guy that wrote the song like he wrote the song and he said he didn't really know what it was about but he just like heard the music and he felt like he needed to write it and um, the thing that I found interesting that this Rolling Stone article said about it is that um, there's not a lot of lyrics to the song, but you, but every lyric needed to be there. Um, and I kind of feel the same way about this one. Like, he doesn't fill it with a lot of words, but, like, every lyric needs to be in that song um, to, like, emote the feelings, um, which yeah, I found definitely. really interesting. Um, and the and the dance does the same thing. It kind of starts very soft and like crescendos, and then drops off at the end. Like it has the same kind of sound. Um, and it's essentially about um, like having a relationship that ended that you didn't want to end, and like looking back on it, you wish you could go back and never do it again. But then realizing like if you didn't have that relationship, like your life wouldn't be the same. Which Ooh, you that know definitely relates to Niall's song. Yeah. So. Niles, like this song is like that moment that relationship ended but like the dance could kind of be like the look back on that relationship later mm-hmm. um about how you wish you didn't have to go through that pain but i the big line from that song is like i um i wouldn't have the pain but i'd have had to miss the dance um mm-hmm. so that's kind of the same feeling that this song gives me I don't know yeah, that definitely. that was an influence in this song, but it is definitely the song that it reminds me of the most. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to listen to it. I have it open in a tab. Would it be one that, like, we would recognize? Or is oh, that, yeah. Like, it's pretty... a, it's oh, a pretty yeah, famous yeah. Garth Brooks song, so I don't know that okay. you've heard it, but if, anyone, if people listen to country music, they're going to know that song. It's, like, a big I'm hit sure in the early 90s. It, yeah. Cool. And it's a song at a Garth Brooks concert that, like, you know the the um, the crowd sings the last chorus. Like this is that song. Yeah. It's a very like an emotional experience That's when so you're at cool. a concert. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good live. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Yeah. Um, and did you guys hear any other influences? I mean, we talked about like made in the AM or AM sounding a bit like it, and then like there's comparisons to some of Harry's songs. Yeah, I also Two Ghosts too. Two Ghosts has like emotional yeah. things that resonate with this. I also feel like it sounds like Infinity. I know you don't like that song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it does have the string feeling of an Infinity and Yeah, kind of the no, same I definitely feel. hear that. I definitely hear that. <laughs> I think it sounds like the whole Made in the AM album, which Niles' mm-hmm. album could just be a continuation of. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that. Um, it also, like, to for the 1D stuff, it kind of also reminded me of Spaces. Like, it has a similar <clears throat> lyrical themes to Spaces, where they're saying, like, um, who's going to be the first to start the fight, you know, who's going to be the first to walk away, that kind of thing. Right, Sort yeah. of similar, like, in that space between um, the relationship still hanging on and ending mm-hmm. now i want to know like which ones naya wrote in one direction and if it could at all be like similar same relationships because we don't know like when these relationships happen or like what they're about like yeah but made in the am could have had could have been about the same like person as something in like Her- niall's solo album so 
Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, we don't so know many different like overlaps. This could have with him when he was like 19. Like, he's never really said, yeah. right? Exactly. Because, like, Harry's, like, two ghosts happened, like, years and years ago, mm-hmm. so. You never know what they're drawing on. Yeah, that's right. They're drawing from. Especially these two. They like to be so secret about who they're dating. You have absolutely Definitely. no idea. <laughs> yeah. Should this be a single, do you think? Or no? Do you think it won't be? Um, I don't, like, I don't think it will be, and I don't necessarily think it should be. Like, I think it works really well as a kind of a hidden gem of the, as an mm-hmm. album track. I think Niall, obviously, he said he sees it as really personal, so he's put it out there, but at the same time, I think keeping it close to his chest and something special, maybe he can sing at shows and have his fans know of really well and love. Mm -hmm. Like, I think he'll probably keep singing this song live long after this, like, Flickr era is over. Like, if he's, like, Mm -hmm. on album two or three, I think this would be one of the album tracks from Flickr that he would keep singing in concert. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's so true. And this was something, like, in the early 90s could be a single and be a hit, but I just don't feel like um, that's the kind of, like, it wouldn't do anything on the radio. Yeah. Well, it's kind of the I'll same as, like, ghosts. he released Too Much to Ask and, like, Two Ghosts. Like, those songs are both good. I think they would have, like you said, done better maybe in the 90s, but I think now just, like, sounds are changing too much, and those ones mm-hmm. are a little too slow and simplistic for radio play. So how did this town do so well when I feel like it's the sort of same, like, soft, like, type of I think this town had the advantage of it being the first, aside from Zane, of it being, like, the first solo direction song coming out. Um, Like, aside from Zane stuff, this was really, like, anyone from One Direction putting something out after hiatus Mm -hmm. had happened. So I feel like it had that advantage. It jump-started it, and then Niall's promo for it was insane, so he went everywhere. Niall has been doing so much promo. Like, people say, like, oh, Harry's music isn't, like, getting picked up enough and doesn't, like, it deserves more. Harry needs to freaking promote more. (laughs) Like, I agree that his isn't getting picked up enough, even though, I I mean, like, that's just by radio. I mean, he's outsold all the boys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's doing the best out of all of them. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's I just that think, like, pop radio didn't pick it up. Yeah, but, And I don't whatever. think he cares about pop radio, which is why he's not yeah. doing promo. So Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, think about everything we're missing out on Harry promo. I know. Come on, <laughs> Maybe next time he'll have a goal to, like, have a radio-ready song. Although I hope, like, that's not how he forms his album, you know? I don't want him to be thinking about that type of thing. Just because, like... I feel like that could influence the way the music sounds. Yeah, but. I don't yeah. think it will. Like, and I had so I had read this article a few months ago, which was like super weird. But it was comparing um, Harry now to Britney Spears in the like early 2000s, which seems like a weird comparison. But stay with me because Britney, um, if you guys remember, in the early 2000s, late 90s, she was quite controversial for being like overly sexual at her shows and overly sexual in her videos. So um, lots of radio stations had like a band on playing her music so her music wasn't played on the radio but she still was obviously extremely successful so she was successful more as an album artist and as a touring artist rather than having commercial success on the radio so I think 
they were saying Harry Styles will probably, his career will be in a similar vein to Britney's, where not necessarily on the radio, but he still has, like, obviously, like, legions of fans and, out, like, sells out all his tours and his albums sell really well, so. Yeah, that's so interesting. Did you post that article anywhere? Um, I have to find it. Uh, I don't think yeah, because I'd like it, to I read it. it. Yeah, yeah. Because that sounds so interesting. I feel like that definitely, not. I mean, uh, Harry's definitely, like, doing it differently. And mm -hmm. as we've said, like, if you look at the album counts and, like, probably tour sales as well, Harry's leading both Zane oh, for and sure. Niall. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And my, like, from personal experience, like, my aunt, like, loved this town, and she really likes Nile, um, and she hated Side of the Times. Like, they hear oh, me. Oh, really? Yeah, they hear me talk about Harry all the time. Like, they get tired of hearing me talk about Harry, so. Um, <laughs> Story but, of my life. Yeah, I know. But when this town came out, she, like, her and my mom swim for exercise. It made, this town made her swim playlist. Like, how that makes you want to swim, I don't know. Aww. But, like, and she really likes slow hands. But, like, she did not like Sign of the Times. Neither did my mom. But my mom really liked Two Ghosts, which is so weird. Like, <laughs> That's so interesting. Yeah. I, I feel like if people like a song, they love Sign of the Times. And, like, maybe they don't like as like the other ones as much. But everyone's like, oh, Sign of the Times is amazing. That's so funny. That yeah. I've had opposite. several people not like Sign of the Times. So when it first came out, I had a student um, who got forced to listen to Harry for a month because he was releasing his album. And mm -hmm. he thought it was kind of whiny. So um, it's interesting. Oh. He, he didn't like the falsetto um, at all. He's like, if he cut oh, that really? part out, I'd really like it. But I don't like the falsetto. So, and, mm -hmm. and my husband's the same way. He thinks that part is whiny. Yeah. No, that's that the best too. part. <laughs> no, yeah. I really thought that Spencer, like my husband, was actually really going to like Sign of the Times. Because he kind of likes, like, early 90s, like, that kind of stuff. Um, but he didn't like it. But he actually, he said, I asked him what his favorite solo direction song was, and he said it was only Angel. Um, but he's ah. like, it would be better if it didn't have the weird part at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. At least, like, he knows, like, only Angel. That's impressive, like, pulling out a song that's not as known. So. Oh, that's just, that's because of me. <laughs> yeah. Because he gets to listen to it all the time. Justin, good. <laughs> You're doing your job right. <laughs> Justin has to listen all the time, and he hates um, Kiwi because for, like, two weeks, I, I walked around singing, I'm having your baby, and he's like, stop singing that. Like, stop. Yeah, that's so funny. That song, too. But Spencer's actually going with me to see Niall twice. Like, he's going with oh, me nice. to the show in London and to the show in Minneapolis. So maybe he'll become a diehard Niall fan by the end of this year. We'll see how it goes. Convert them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Spencer's a way better sport. Just would just complain the whole time so it's not uh, gonna yeah. happen no Spencer basically like he looked like he wanted to die at the 1D concert I dragged him to because that was during like Harry did his like iconic poutine rant we were at that concert and Spencer's like sitting in his chair with his head in his hands he's like shut up <laughs> Harry's poutine rant is like going down in history is the best thing right he should like be happy he got experience I, that lot. I know I have said to him many times like you know this is like an iconic fandom moment and you got to be there and he's like I don't care and I wish I wasn't there <laughs> oh god um, so even if this isn't gonna be a single 
Um, I feel like for the music video, I would just want something like just like the acoustic version that he did, like yeah, just, just super intimate and nothing like fancy. I think the one the video that they do have is really good, like just him singing. Yeah. Um, and if he ever did anything more than that, like it would just be like like that and then intercut in it like flashback to like memories maybe of like a relationship yeah Yeah. campfire scene yeah i had like like that like where it could maybe be um the prequel to too much to ask like maybe they're in that hotel room together that's in that video and then like you said martha like flashing back to earlier in their relationship um, and then maybe as the flashbacks progress, like it shows things like going south more and more. Also, I had this like really art school thought that maybe he could use color <laughs> in an interesting way. Like maybe the scenes in present day are in black and white, and then the flashbacks are in like full Ooh. color, and then the color starts to fade as their relationship like starts to fade. <laughs> I love it. That yes. just reminds me of that Taylor Swift song. <laughs> As soon as you said that, and she was like, our lives oh, are in yes. screaming color. Oh, yeah. Uh, exactly. Thanks yeah, yeah. for that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, okay, favorite lyric. What do you guys think? I feel like I said some of mine. I like the magic electricity. Yeah. So nice. yeah. I like that whole part of the chorus. Like, then I think of the start, and it echoes the spark, and I remember the magic yeah. electricity. Like, that is such a vivid, like... I guess text mm. painting, as Switched on Pop would say. Yeah, it is so pretty. Yeah, I said um, my favorite lyric. Like, I struggled because all the lyrics, like, this song is lyrically very good, um, as we obviously talked about. But I put asking questions to the ceiling just because it, it, like, it's not super original or profound. Um, but I think that is, like, where the magic of Niall's album is. He just think, says things really plainly, not with a lot of flourish, but that's what makes it very relatable. So that's what I like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It's, like, simple, but still has a lot of, like, meaning in it. Yeah. I can hear Sweet Creature. Yeah, it's on. This not like, I was trying really... to cover that. <laughs> theming. Like, oh, now we're going to get theming. distracted again. <laughs> That's okay. I know. I, I realize that I haven't done a Sweet Creature, like, song analysis, and it's, like, my favorite one off. I song, love that song. So... Yeah, I love that I, song. I think I'll pull my sister onto that episode if I can convince her to come on. Because she loves that song as well, and she's more musical than me, so yeah. And they and Brent has heard it. Like that song is about Gemma, right? Like there's theories that I mean, that's a theory. Yeah, yeah, theory. yeah. He yeah. That, right? Yeah. So I went with my sister to see Harry in Toronto, and so when he started singing that song, my sister like hugged me, and she's like, "This song's about his sister." <laughs> yeah, it's so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I really like it. I mean, truly, if I was gonna try to get some. Someone to like Harry, I think that's the song I'd play. Mm-hmm. It's so, it's so likable. Sure. It really yeah, is. It is. Um, okay, what would you give this out of 10 if you're going to rate it? Um, so I said 9.5, but if the acoustic version was the real version, I'd give it a 10. Nice. Oh, wow, yeah. nice. Um, I didn't, like, I'm like the Nile stand, and I had um, 6.5. <laughs> I know this is like your least favorite song on the album, which it's is not, funny that it's you're like on this. third least favorite song. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't mean I don't like it. Like, I really like the lyrics, but I just think musically it's lacking. And, like, 
personally, even though I've said like Paper Houses is my favorite song on the album, which is actually weird for me, but I personally just prefer upbeat music. So like my favorite songs <clears throat> that I really like of his are like Mirrors and On the Loose and The Tide and you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's not a bad song. <laughs> I know I haven't I haven't done any of the fast songs from him. I need to do some fast songs. You guys you guys did On the Loose. Uh did yeah, I don't know. Did we do a did we do a full analysis? You did. Yeah. Well, maybe not. You talked about <laughs> it being Carmen San Diego, which is a theory that we had had before. Jeff so, that yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, because I don't even remember. Because I feel like some songs, like Slow Hands, I don't even know if we did an actual song analysis of Slow Hands. <laughs> I'm not even sure. Because, like, some of the songs we heard, like, live, and so we, like, briefly talked about them, and then we were like, oh, we'll do a real analysis when the song comes out, and then... I don't know what which ones we did and which ones we didn't, but <laughs> I'm glad On the Loose is being a single. That's very exciting. Yes, that is super exciting. I cannot wait. I hope he does a video, and I hope that video is, like, him driving through the California desert in some capacity. Yes, that would be so cool. I'm, like, I'm like the only person who's not a fan of that song, so. Really? Yeah, I'm Aww. just, I mean, it's all right, but. Yeah. I do love slow favorite. hands. Like if I was gonna pick a fast song, it's slow yeah, hands. Slow yeah, hands slow is like, hands is really good. And slow hands live was like a blast. So oh, have fun so with that. Fun I'm ready for that. <laughs> That's gonna be the best moment. The <laughs> woo, like that shouting yeah. part. I'm like, <laughs> that's the best. <laughs> yeah, that um, song's really good live. Okay, my rating out of ten. I don't know. I mean, I gave Paper Houses an eight point five, and I'd say this is on par with that. So maybe an eight point, or maybe I gave an eight point six. I don't remember. I'd say it's on par with Paper Houses for me. Then I think Fire Away and Slow Hands and On the Loose are higher than that. And then the rest of them might be lower. Don't know. Yeah, I think I, I should order order which ones I like of his best to worst at some point. Because I did that with Harry's, I think. Or I tried, maybe. Um, <laughs> it's hard to do. It really is. <laughs> Everything changes all the time. And then you're like, okay, well, this is like a not-so-feminist lyric. So does that change how I feel right? about the song on a yeah. whole? Or like, does another bad aspect of another song make that one worse? Like, I really want to do the Carolina song discussion because, like, obviously there's so many problems with Carolina, but, like, I also really love the song. <laughs> so Yeah, I really yeah. like that song, too, but... Yeah, the lyrics and yeah, the cringy. lyrics are a little. <laughs> but and I know Kara just doesn't like the song or the lyrics, so I'm like, well, she's not any, okay. gonna be any help, you know? Like, <laughs> but I really love the song despite the lyrics. It's a good song. It's a good song. It is. Yeah, it's one of his more catchy songs. It kind of that one reminds me of like a Beatles song. I think it's the words that it reminds me of. I don't know. Mm. I was gonna do an analysis of Harry's album and say like which song reminds me of which Beatles song. But I haven't gone Yeah, that would be so cool. <laughs> I definitely feel like Carolina reminds me of the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. It's got a lot of Beatles influence on it. Yeah. Um, okay, do we have any sum up thoughts about Flickr before we end the show? Um, my only one wish, is that it's, it's um, better live. <laughs> yeah, it is good live. It's better acoustic as well. And I. Niall's heart being broken makes me so sad. <laughs> no, oh, we all know. need to give Niall a hug. Big group hugs at concerts. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on to recommendations, where we recommend different things for you guys. Um, as I open my phone and try to find a recommendation, do you guys have any ready to go? <laughs> I do. I have a recommendation. So, um, I read a book last summer. 
in like August called The Idea of You by Robin Lee. And I think I made Steph read it. Um, yes, you did. She, and it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, she's a, she's an actress. She's been in the Fifty Shades movies and she's in a sci-fi um, network series. Um, anyway, it's it's not technically classified as a romance, but it it is like an 18 plus like romance like book. And mm-hmm. it's about a, a woman, a divorced woman who's getting ready to turn 40 um, and has like a 12 year old daughter and she dates a member of a boy band. Ooh, who, did you tell me about this one or you said it on Twitter? I've I'm sure I said it before. on Twitter because I'm obsessed with this book. I've read it like four times um, <laughs> and it's really good. <laughs> and nice. um, okay. yeah, it's a good, and of course it's the boy bands from Britain. So, you know, it's, it's a great, mm-hmm. I, I've had, I've seen a couple people say that it reminds them of fan fiction. Um, and I guess I could see that, but she um, actually did like work with new kids on the block as like a tour manager back in the 90s oh, cool. um so she does have experience with like the entertainment industry so it comes off way more real because she actually knows what she's talking about so oh that's good yeah yeah and she's really good i can second that recommendation yeah <laughs> I love it. um and then steph did you have a recommendation um, yeah, I also have a recommendation for a book, um, Fangirl by Rainbow Rowell, which is, um, it's not like about a boy band, but it's basically centered around this girl who goes to college and she's got, um, like a lot of social anxiety. Um, and so her main, uh, fandom thing is writing fanfic, uh, slash fan fiction for, um, the Simon Snow series, which is fictional to that universe in that book, but it's basically like a Harry Potter type thing. Um, but the book is really mm-hmm. about this girl coming of age in college and learning how to um, navigate her real life and also still keep her fandom as a part of her life as she gets older and more mature and learns more about um, writing um, maybe like actual fiction instead of just fanfic. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, re- I identified with it because obviously like I like fanfic. Mm-hmm. It's good. That sounds so relatable. It is, yeah. I feel like a lot of times, like, there's that transition in fandoms, like, where, like, you know, when I was in the Twilight fandom when I was younger, or, like, Harry Potter, and I'm still in the Harry Potter fandom, and there's that transition from, like, you know, you start when you're younger, and then you get older, and, like, you're still carrying it with you, so yeah. I feel like that's really relatable. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I, cool. I haven't thought of anything to recommend. <laughs> um, <laughs> what what can I recommend? Ooh, how about my coffee machine? Did you buy one? I, 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 yeah, I bought a coffee machine. It was 30 pounds, which, like, is one of the cheapest ones you can get. It's called Lavaza Mini Moo, Mini Mew or something, Menu. Um, but Lavaza is a good brand, I know. So I got it and it works pretty well. I'm still like trying to find which flavor I like the best. Um, but yeah, if you're looking for like a cheapish coffee machine, like look for the Lavaza one that's only 30 pounds because it's good. And like honestly, I would spend a lot more buying like that's only like seven drinks at starbucks and i know i'm gonna have a heck of a lot more coffee than that so even though it seems like you're making like a bigger purchase and and 30 pounds for me is a lot but maybe not for other people (laughs) uh, well because like i'm also living in england for you know less than a year now right since i bought that so i'm like i can't buy like a lot of different things because i can't bring them back to the u.s so but definitely it's going to pay for itself. So that's good. 
Um, and yeah, that's that's my recommendation. I should definitely like plan out my recommendations better. Hey, everybody needs coffee, so that's not that's a bad true. Um, so yeah, let us know what you guys thought of the show. Um, if you have ideas of like what different parts of Flickr mean to you, um, definitely let us know because I feel like there's so many other ways we could dig into this song and hearing more opinions just like makes my interpretation of the song and my experience listening to it so much more well-rounded. So definitely hit us up on Twitter or something. Um, and thank you so much for listening to episode 126 of Talk Direction. Uh, you can go follow us on Twitter at talk underscore direction and get involved with the listenership over there. Um, you can also email us at talkdirection at gmail.com or go to our Tumblr, which is talkdirection.tumblr.com or our Instagram, which is just talkdirection. And you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram. And that's Caitlin I.R. Foster, and Caitlin is spelled C-A-I-T-L-I-N. And you guys, do you have anything that you want to promote? Um, Martha, why don't we start with you? I don't know if you guys want to promote your Twitters or if you have other things. Um, I do have a Twitter. It's Martha Ann, M-A-R-T-H-A-N-N-85. Um, and then um, I also, like, I'm a travel agent, and I have an Instagram that I, like, post pictures of my travel. So... Um, you can follow that. It's Vacays, V-A-C-A-Y-S by Martha on Instagram. Nice. Do I follow that? I don't I think, I don't know if you do or not. Um, you follow my Twitter that I never use for it, so I won't promote it, but, um, I do post on the Instagram. You, you follow my regular Twitter. That's like my private one, but I don't know if you follow that. Yeah, yeah. B, what did you say? V-A-C-A-Y-S by Martha. Okay, my go. Okay, got it. No, I don't follow you. Okay, now I'm following you. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I I show uh, fun travel pictures on it of like places I go, including like places I go for concerts. So, um, check it cool. out. Oh, nice. <laughs> I don't think I follow that. I should follow that. <laughs> and Steph, where can they find you or promote you or whatever the hell you want here? <laughs> um, I have. Yeah, I have Twitter, too. Um, it's basically, I mean, it's not tech- technically a fan account, but I basically only talk about One Direction. Um, it's at Sakabelle, which is S-A-K-A-B-E-L-L-E. Um, that's my Twitter. That's also, like, my Instagram. Um, I basically use that for everything on the Internet. Um, that's my, like, AO3 account if anyone wants to read my, like, fanfic. Um, yeah. So if you see someone Sakabelle on the Internet, it's <laughs> I know, that's a... I, I always have, well, first of all, I have, like, like a private, uh, like, um, what's it called? Like, Gmail that I used for, like, signing up for a whole bunch of things when I was younger. And so, like, that always sticks with me. And then I always go, Caitlin I.R. Foster. I try to keep everything the same. Yeah. So that it's, like, you know, streamlined. Yeah, minus, minus two for, like, all my, like, regular stuff. So, and my, my Twitter is also a personal Twitter. Um, right now it's like fangirling over the Olympics because I'm obsessed. So, um, but it it is mostly One Direction as well. Nice. Um, okay. So you can also go to patreon.com slash talk direction. And that's where we're going to be talking to both Martha and Steph about, um, being, a, a fangirl or being into pop or One Direction, um, as an older fan. Um, and yeah, you can check that out and you can rate and review and subscribe on iTunes. Uh, and we're also on SoundCloud and there's an app for both of those. I kind of forget sometimes that SoundCloud is like the way a lot of people listen to us. 
Um, so I feel like I should say that at the beginning. There is SoundCloud and there is an app. You can follow us over there. Um, I'm Caitlin. I'm Martha. And I'm Steph. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I just want to give a big thank you to both of you for coming on and like also dealing with me trying to set this up and like having to cancel <laughs> and like not getting back to you guys very fast. Like I'm literally the worst at responding and you guys haven't said anything. Not that you would. But, you know, um, I feel like everyone who comes on the show knows that I'm terrible <laughs> at that. And I'll be like a week later, like responding to you. And then I message you guys and you like immediately respond. And I'm like, why am I so bad at this? <laughs> so, Look, you guys are great. No, and I, I really appreciate that. that I have a job that makes it very easy to respond to things. So, like, yeah. it's not like you're fine. <laughs> yeah. You're fine. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Thank I you. feel like I should have like maybe like people who are. I'm trying to set this up. Maybe just like on my personal. Twitter, not that I'm any better at responding there, but at least, like, <laughs> then I'll see the notification and I don't switch it. Because for the talk direction, when I have to, like, switch accounts, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, I'm still bad either way. Everyone can attest to that. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm terrible at responding. Um, but, yeah. Thank you guys for being on here and being so lovely and also being so supportive of the podcast. It's been so nice getting to talk to you and have your ideas on this song. And, yeah, I hope we can do this again at some point because Mm -hmm. I like having other people talk with me rather than just me doing it alone and, like, having (laughs) coughing attacks slash, like, me running out of breath sounding like I'm, like, in a marathon as I'm recording. I'm just, like, oh, run out of breath all the time. Um, But, yeah, so thank you guys for coming on. And, yeah, we'll see you next time for episode 127. That is everything. Bye. Yeah, won't you, baby, slow, slow hands Like a sweat dripping down